Slides Lords. We got Ryan Long. In LA with the boys. You already know what it is. I feel like the title is going to have to be something like Ryan Long COVID or something. Mm. Have you done that? How about Ryan Short Dick? Well, no, I don't say short. Mine's like a little bigger than Adam's, so I don't know. You've, you've checked it out? You're like compared? <laughs> oh. yeah, what, what do you mean by that? You're probably talking about my old dick, though. I got a new dick because I lost 40 pounds, and now it Come looks totally I tried to talk about this on the podcast with the, the other guys, and I don't know if they were really feeling it, but, dude, I'm telling you, I lost 40 pounds, and I'm seeing like a half an inch to an inch of additional length. It's uh, the best. Also, too, are you on PEDs, probably? No. I don't really? even really know what those are. I've yet to Google that. Performance-enhancing drugs? Viagra? Oh, yeah, right. I'm, just, I'm, I'm using slang terms, but... <laughs> no, 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 no. In the, in the game, in the PED game, we call Oh, actually, PEDs. yes, I'm on Bluetooth. Yeah, but when you're on that stuff, I feel like a general... Uh, that eventually stretches you out a little, too. Right, well... Over time, gives you a little something-something. But we need to get you on the penis pumps. What's the pumps? Oh, you don't know about the pumps? Well, you guys dude? have like no jumper brand pumps now? 100%. No, but there's like a 90s style vibe that like, I, I saw more plates, more dates. You know him, the guy who exposed liver He's liver doing King. penis pumps now? Well, no, but he has a ton of experience with them. He's used like 10 of them. He has, he has like a whole collection in his house, like a little museum type thing going on with just tons of penis pumps. You put it over your dick and then you squeeze this I know what thing it is, yeah. and it sucks the air. It pulls your... I mean, we could all use a little stretch into the skin, right? Yeah. Get together in the back. Instead of a circle jerk, sledge lord, circle pump. See, a lot of that, too, is basically depending on you're trying to keep these women pleasured. That's pretty irrelevant. To no, I just want to look good front. on camera. You want to look good on camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm newly single, too. So now I heard that. I, I've got this new anxiety where, like, hey, my penis is going to inspire reactions again. It used to, like when you're hooking up with a girl you've been with for three years. It's that's your cock. There's hey, no like, comment. Whatever, though. shut up. Yeah, she's used to it. She's not going to be surprised by anything that happens unless she finds a lesion or a or a tick or something like that. Yeah, which is that's <laughs> that's likely to happen too. Yeah. But like we, this is sort of what it's like. We had a buddy on Dude's our podcast yesterday, on. the Leo and Danny show. We had a um an, an African American correctional officer on, and we had one of our buddies who's a former meth addict and current raging shroom user. And the whole time this podcast was going. Going on, I was just like, "Don't say something racist. Don't say something racist. Don't say something racist." In my head, I've been thinking of having guy. that conversation with you as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially now, maybe let's like you know find a, a, a few of the the most racist jokes that you think of making, and maybe let's just sort of carve those. Are off. you sort of trying to shake some of that stink? But. No. The Danny Mullen racist stink. No, I have my own stink. It's, but, it's an know. indelible stink. But the, but this, I, I, just, I don't want a chick. I, I don't want a chick to be like, oh, this is this is a manageable penis, or oh, it, it's, it's easy to get my hand around. I don't want a comment like that to come out. Just like I didn't want an n bomb to fly yesterday on our podcast. Yeah. Right. So what's going on with the correctional officer? Oh, we how'd you on, find him? We just we met him at an open mic actually, but. <laughs> And you asked him what he did for a living. I forgot Danny's ruining his life by doing comedy. Yeah, that's now. right. But all of our, all the guy's material is about working in juvenile hall. And Rat Dick Ralph, the guy who is addicted to meth and mushrooms, mm. he is so petrified of anybody in any position of authority. Like, we will bring on, we brought on a, a Japanese comedian who's like five foot seven and as nice as can be. We just lied to Rat Dick and said the guy was a beat cop, and Rat Dick freaked out and fled the podcast. <laughs> so now we keep doing that, and this time we actually brought somebody who has the authority to arrest him. But he doesn't, right? He's a 
correctional officer, you can't arrast anyone. Can't You're right, anything. but in Ratdick's <laughs> mind, he could be put away from a lot. You life. have no power once you leave the prison. You're right. I You're did, right. did sort of realize though, Danny doing like if you're doing mics and stuff like that, that is the cream of the crop for psychos, and you love adding a new psycho to the squad. I love it. That mm. is like the sewers of humanity. Yeah, <laughs> it is, dude. It's so fucked up. So you yeah. feel, you feel like you're constantly meeting like the weirdest people you possibly could be meeting by going psychos. to comedy shows. Absolutely. Yeah, just of all ages. Most of whom are very depressing to have to sit there and watch. Seventy-year-old guy that just left his insurance sales job and now he's you know doing some character in West Hollywood trying to get famous. I like that guy though because that guy maybe has his pension secure and perhaps even owns his apartment. What's really <laughs> sure. sad is a girl got up. She's thirty-nine years old. Her boyfriend of eight years just dumped her, and her doctor informed her she's infertile. She's working at Postmates, <laughs> and she's coming up onto the stage and right like, well, now. Stop me from trying. To do her like Eleanor Roosevelt. But there's routine. a little part of you that's wondering if this is a bit, and she's just making this up because it's funny. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's so sad. It's almost fictional. You're right. right. There's every scene has like a collection of just like insane characters like that. When I did that, kill Tony. I felt like I yeah. got like the most extreme version of that because the people who are coming up on stage are not are like not pre-selected in any way. It's mm -hmm. just like basically fans of the show. And a bunch of them did have like really solid like a minute or however long they get up there, like worth of stand up on mm -hmm. deck. But then some of them were like miserable failures mm -hmm. that really made you feel like you were just spinning the fucking mm -hmm. roulette wheel and just seeing what happened. Yeah. Yeah, and Danny's going to expose them all. He's like, I'll give you a big, it's going to be like their big break. Like, you're like the butcher that, like, you know, lost <laughs> lost all your fingers, and now you're gay and starting to stand up at 72. Well, it's easier to fist without your fingers. It's What do you think about this? How about because, being mic number six on the Danny Mullen podcast? Uh, Mike, do you mind turning up my mic in my earphones? My mic just sounds weird in my earphones. But, uh, Ryan, what do you think about this? Like, I've been doing, when I'm fortunate enough, I get a real show with a real audience. And to me, that is... 10 times easier to do comedy in front of than an open mic because an open mic is the 39 year old single girl who's impersonating Eleanor Roosevelt. It's the butcher with no fingers. It's these bitter comics. Who just <laughs> I love that you. this is your hot take that it's easier to do comedy in front of people instead of just like other comics that don't want to be there. Well, no, You're so experienced that you're just laughing at his, his greenness. No, yeah. It's kind of amazing. Yes. I'm it's, not. It sounds weird. Of course he knows that. It sounds distorted. <laughs> like, but, but like, what do you think? It, it's, it seems like it would be a more valuable workout to go do a room full of people at the Hollywood Improv. Duh. I think it's, but it's like sort of more valuable to just sack up and rape these people's ears who hate you <laughs> with your bits. It's really hard. There's, there's, the, there's two parts to it. One bad, is you definitely it's better to do an audience. However, you need an audience where you don't feel like you have to do good because it's impossible to like work on stuff. If you went to somewhere like it was like a show at the Improv and it's sold out, you're gonna just have to feel like you do your best ten minutes. Yeah. You're not going to feel like, oh, I can mess around. So, yes, there's an in-between for that for everybody. That's better, Mike. Like, that, where am good. I? Where do I have real people, but I feel comfortable enough to work on stuff? You need both. Yeah. But I do think that, aside from comedy, I just think you're doing two things at once. Because it's going to be a collection mechanism of psychopaths. Yeah. For you to, like, every open mic, you can just see you leaving. Come on, guys. That's it's what like, we do, basically. Nine <laughs> psychos with different hats. Uh, maybe even here, no jumper. Like, why don't we have uh, like a Howard Stern whack pack thing going on here too? He's well, meeting ten whack packers every night. Okay, mm -hmm. but this is the thing that I've kind of run into is that 
when you bring people on like the way that Danny does it, where a lot of these people are like very impoverished, they're like really on the line between poverty and like having normal lives. And he brings them on and like, you seem like you kind of get away with them just being drunk and acting insane and you're making them have sex with people. You're making people Literally. finger their asses and yeah, shit like that. Yeah. They're, they're abandoning public life and just <laughs> moving back to Florida and working at Lowe's. And I feel like I make them start an OnlyFans first. Well, that would be an option. Me and Danny have actually talked about that. Maybe we can get you in on it. But like, basically what I'm saying is that like mine, on the other hand, with no jumper, it's like we kind of like bring these guys on and I've realized that you can't just fuck with them. You can't just like make content out of them being ridiculed on camera or, or them being fucked with or whatever, because at a certain point, the audience starts to love them and they want they want to, they don't want to just see you torturing them they want to see you treating them like real human beings they want and, to see you torturing them if, if they're part of the squad it's like think about mm. it's like think about high school right it's like you'd rather be the guy in the crew that they made fun of than the guy that's not in the crew yeah right and that's would just I, it's like they, i don't know i feel like not, i would vanquish not, the crew and just be like no i'm gonna do well, my own thing that's assuming that that's an option i'm yeah, saying yeah. out of the two options yeah. available for that person right yeah. i agree so with yes Ryan. if you're you know what i'm saying it's you'd rather be Exclusions the lowest ranked white supremacist than a lone wolf right. in prison right yes it's just exclusions the worst it's stars dude. they want you to know like it's if you're watching someone get messed with like howard stern was yeah like you said mm. he was the kind of and if you think of like richard and sal it's like they do get messed with constantly but they're like at their dream job with howard stern and they and you the audience can like feel that this person loves this and i feel like Comedy has a different stomach for like podcast hosts just fucking with these characters because like when I went and did Legion of Skanks, it's like their employee or whatever is like yeah, yeah. he's like blind and I think <laughs> blind Mike. He's yeah, he's gay or bisexual or some shit. And they're just they're giving him such a hard time about being blind and gay and shit. <laughs> and I'm just kind of sitting there as like a person who owns an actual company, just being like Oh my god! Like I cannot imagine <laughs> having like a gay employee and just being like, "Hey, fucking faggot over here!" Like, like but they were Adam's basically doing that. Doing naked. That. <laughs> <laughs> I was just. I couldn't believe it, but everybody in the audience was having a good time with it. It seemed very consensual with Blind Mike, as of course. you call no, him. Yeah. He's like part of the squad. Yeah, and I guess, you know, you sign up knowing that that's going to be part of the deal. But like, okay, I'll you give also you sort of like it. It's like think of it like a sports team too, in some ways. You know right. what I mean? Because, okay, I got shit because one time there was an episode of a podcast that I wasn't on. It was hosted by Lush and Almighty Suspect and Gina. And, and Flacco was, like, getting shit at that moment on the Reddit because the Reddit was basically saying that he was actually from a different state and he had lied about where he had gone to high school or some <laughs> yeah, shit. Man. And there was, like – and I basically, like, encouraged this. I'm like, if he's lying – if there's any possibility that he's lying about where he's from, y'all should give him a fucking hard time about this and, like, make that part of the episode or whatever. And then I ended up feeling like – Lush in particular was just kind of like weirdly cruel about it and just mm. was like dragging it on to the point where like it was kind of ridiculous. But I got so much heat for even like allowing this line of questioning to take place. Mm. And I say that to say that somehow I don't think if it was Blind Mike being harassed in this environment that it would have got the same reaction. Mm. I think the whole bit is do you like them? 
Mm. Like, and everyone can feel that. And I think that's, if you go back to comedy, it is that on stage. It's like, if you're making fun of your like wife, it was like, <laughs> but if people, if the women in the audience are like, this guy hates his wife, right. none of this will be funny. But yeah. then you recontextualize. But if they think, oh, this guy loves his wife, but he's making, like, all that will be funny to them. But then, okay. It's the tiniest little th things. Then you get divorced, not me or you or anything, but yeah. like, if you get divorced, then doesn't everybody just recontextualize all these old bits of you complaining about your wife and look at it and be like, look at all these things, <laughs> look at all these problems they were having and look at the way he talked about her and like, when everything's good, that's fine. But then as the soon as shit gets jail. messy, it's like, oh no, look, he's an abuser. Like, look at the way he talked about her. <laughs> I want to stress. Angler being played in court, and you're like, okay, I was, dude. Yeah. Look at Louis C. He's Louis C.K.'s back catalog. He, no, Louis Seek. That's like Louis a, an Indian. <laughs> that is an Indian rapper. I am Louis C.K. What, what do you think about masturbation? Who's a fan in the crowd? You sit there. I will beat my meat in front of you. <laughs> you sit there. You open mic comedian woman who is 54. I masturbate in front of you. He. His entire, you could say that he blew up his marriage in order to blow up comedically because all of his best material that put him into the stratosphere was about getting a lonely, miserable hand job from his wife in the guest bedroom. It was about, or it was him going on Opie and Anthony, just giving a completely uncensored account of his marriage in the misery of it. Mm. That's what made him a fucking superstar. Right. But then you go back and look at it, like, of course this guy's <laughs> marriage was fucking doomed. Yeah, but th that's the weird thing is that when you, ch you could choose, you could always choose to make content out of your own life. If you were going through some real dramatic shit behind the scenes, you could like make that the thing that you talk about on the podcast, which almost certainly from my perspective will do well like the fans want to know you on that level but then also you're just sort of creating this level of investment in the content where they're going to want more of that mm -hmm. and you're, you're you're taking your public life and you're merging it with your private life mm -hmm. and i think you're wise to not do that if at all possible yeah there's like there's like pathways that you go down and there's like hey there's benefits but the same thing danny's talking about with louis ck it's like all the this i feel like that's the same as your buddies you can have a relationship where you go hey there's like a bunch of good things about this chick and a bunch of bad things about this chick like any relationship mm -hmm. and then when you go to your buddies you're like you might just say the bad ones i might not show up to you guys and be like oh my chick's so sick like, <laughs> like yeah i just not you'd be like oh this fucking woman won't like you know what i mean uh -huh. book my plane ticket wrong like you know that's yeah the part i'm telling you because it's funnier yeah yeah you're like oh my girl yesterday just made me a freaking dinner is like primo stuff anyways how are you guys doing and yeah. then think about how many people it's cool it's not funny and it resonates with so many people because think about in the audience not only of the comedy club but at home on netflix watching stand-up how many guys are there that have been married for 15 years they have two kids and all of the miserable stories you're bringing up they can relate to but they don't hear it from fucking anyone else like Ned, one cubicle over, is not talking about how his wife is getting fat and he doesn't want to have sex with her anymore. Mm, <laughs> like you, you can only get that. that from a comedian. Mm. So that, that's why it fucking resonates. And that's why you're right, though. I get what you're saying. You have to keep feeding the beast. Mm. And now Louis C.K. talked about that. His kids are out of the nest. He's single. He's got to change his material up, and he doesn't have that anymore. He doesn't have that personal shit to mine. And that's so scary to me, just knowing that I, I've changed my life so much as a result of having a kid and wanting to be a good dad and wanting to spend as much time on the weekends in particular around my kid as possible. But then the idea that there's going to be this moment in the future where and it'll happen slowly, but like, you know, when she starts first grade and all of a sudden she's out the crib for six, seven hours a day or whatever, how long, long that takes. And then the idea that at some point they're going to get so old that you're not even going to need to be there, like that they're not going to want you around. That's kind of crazy. And then 
I'm 55 fucking years old and I got to figure out something else to do with my life at that point. Geriatric porn. Why do you have to figure out something else to do with your life? Because I just see dudes doing this where like the kids leave the nest and then they like they have to figure out like a hobby to kind of define the post parent part of their life. But you're like a, not a stay at home dad. That's for people that the kid was their entire existence. But I've taken on like two days a week of stay at home dadism. Whereas like for yeah. my whole life it was like Monday through Sunday I'm just gonna like grind the fuck. <laughs> I feel out like of whatever. If, a, if a woman that was because that's more of a woman thing. I feel like if they heard you they'd be like, I mean you're still doing all this stuff. You, you would. Uh. <laughs> You have a weekend now. Yeah. My girl would be deeply offended by me acting like I'm spending so You're much like, time with the kids. Well, I don't even when when she has to go to school or whatever. I don't even know what I'll do my entire life. Like I've made very little. Like I'm already not out of the house like nine, ten hours a day. Yeah, fuck. You probably just continue running your business. And that's such a consistent thing with your fucking with your girl is that she once you have a kid, she will get mad at you for comparing your struggle to her struggle because oh, her okay. struggle is always going to be so much worse when it comes to the kid. The kid is dangling off her titty. Draining her vital life resources. You just have to make your other struggle really hard. You have to be like, you don't know what it's like running this company. Like, you gotta fight him on that. Oh, that's front. a great idea. Make up like a fake struggle so I can get more relationship sympathy. You don't know what I'm going through. You wouldn't even. Oh, you you handled the one year old. Congratulations. Every other girl in the world did that. You know what I did today? Fake mental health. Like, just, like <laughs> I interviewed Richard Spencer about race and IQ. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is, <laughs> dude. I feel like it's such a crazy badge of honor that now I have a, a media matters piece that basically accuses me after having interviewed like you know many thousands of black people over the years. That somehow having Richard Spencer as an ex Nazi who's like disavowing his Nazi past or, you know, white identitarian past, whatever, that this was enough for them to declare that No Jumper is a safe haven for white supremacy. Like, <laughs> I just am so taken aback by this and just, I, it's like, I'm really. I want, I want to like put that article on a shirt or something yeah. so that everybody can yeah. know, like, look at what they're doing to me and it could happen to you too. Yeah. Oh, 100% they don't care about anything that actually happened. But yeah. <laughs> to me, the funny part was I listened to one of those that you did and at some point you said like, you know, it's a bit different now. Like, I feel like Media Matters won't even do like, I think you specifically yeah, said in one out, of them yeah. that like, there's no way Media Matters is even going to notice. <laughs> Classic technique. You sort of bait them into writing about you like that. Yeah, <laughs> and they wrote it. Is it on the Wikipedia page yet? Uh, I don't know. That would be fucking interesting, though, if we could make it there. Thanks for giving them that idea. I, I did welcome. a video about PETA yesterday, and PETA was commenting on it, trying to get clout on my page. Really? <laughs> yeah. Was it working? Like, uh, sort of. I was between. I, I I thought it was cool. Right. That, like I made this thing making fun of PETA, and then PETA like actually sort of engaged and was like, "No, we don't do that." And then, yeah. <laughs> you know, but do you have himself. any sort of like real hate monger points at this point? Like, has anyone ever tried to take like your work and be like, "Look, this is evidence of him being." A, a terrible person or is it more like oh, i mean we yeah, just don't think a, this guy's funny there was a ton of uh probably my favorite one i mean there's lots of that stuff especially during the pandemic when i was when things were like real heated uh -huh. but my favorite one was someone did a video like basically saying i was like a whatever anti-covid mask kind of guy oh, yeah. and they go and at one point on his well, podcast that. the boys cast and he said it's written down quote master gay <laughs> 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 they quoted me saying master gay in a piece dude oh, that is that's a great thing to get canceled for though <laughs> because like the mask thing it just aged so fucking poorly of course like of all the things to get canceled for like i got canceled for fat phobia which is like such I remember a, it's such a good thing to get canceled for like nobody really gives a fuck but i was saying that i was like danny had his fucking shows canceled and like you've had to deal with like real backlash as a result and that's what i was telling her i'm like yo 
if it wasn't them saying I was down with white supremacy or it wasn't them saying that I'm basically Uncle Fester or whatever, it would be something like that. Like they're yeah. always going to find something. Always. And does it matter anymore? I don't think it matters anymore. <laughs> I think your fans probably love you for it and would and would consider you to be a fucking coward for for not having done that. Do you have some sort of like penis implant in there? Because your ball sack is looking huge. Oh, I, you, you have a nice ball sack? I mean, I just feel like I could see like some sort of mass of testicular tissue down there. That's kind of what I have. I don't want to distract from ball, this conversation. Just, I love that you're just burning a hole. Just x-ray vision right on my crotch. You're more of a dick guy. Me and Danny are more of ball guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's there's, there should be a niche for that. Well, we thought of an amazing like monetization strategy, which is like imagine if there was an OnlyFans associated with slap, Sledge Lords, <laughs> and you could just go on it, and it's sort of like us, like doe-eyed, like in these sort of like meek poses, just naked, like standing <laughs> next to each other and shit. It'd be sweet. We really want to zero in on the gay community. Why do we need masculinity <laughs> to be a part of our? Okay, so Sledge Lords is your main one, and then Gay Lords is like the side. side, oh. <laughs> side <laughs> you thought gay it was Lords? so fast. I've been thinking about this idea for weeks. <laughs> I didn't think of Gaylords. Gaylords. Like Gaylords would have been a better name for this podcast, podcast than Sledge Lords. It would, we got LGBTQ plus points, too. People would be like, can we can we write negative articles or is one of them homosexuals? <laughs> they both Schmeg seem to be in relationships with women. Schmegma Lords. <laughs> just, just, you know, like the fucking, the, what, what was the article that wrote that you're a white supremacist or what was the outlet? Media Matters. Media Matters would think twice because they just, they wouldn't know. Like, oh all it God. takes is just a, like, you declare, yeah. if you shoot up an elementary school, but you're transgendered, that cancels all the hate pieces. Yeah, on we're you. not hearing anything about them. Nothing. Meanwhile, yeah. we have a Richard Spencer debate going on. You would never have known it was a debate from reading that article or that, or that you, it's like a home for white supremacy. You have me, Destiny, and Richard Spencer basically all talking about how much we like Biden and how much we support Ukraine. And like, there, there was nothing offensive to be talked about besides the lack of conversation about his racist past. That's the, talk one. About the real I, I think that's a fair part. point. If you, yeah. uh, you are right, but worse than that, it's like, don't forget, like, these places that are saying, hey, you have this guy on, they all made him famous by having him on a bunch yeah. because they, at the time, those places were foaming at the mouth right. for any guy that would publicly be like, no, no, I'm racist. And they were like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. Like, they were so happy that there was a guy that was like, a few guys that were public about like, yeah, I'm racist. Mm -hmm. So every, from Vice to every CNN, had him on three times a week to mm -hmm. tell about he's racist. Then they can go look. And when I saw so stuff, they like, made him famous and mm -hmm. put guys like that on so much for then to go you have him on you're like yeah because you made him popular by having him on and then mm. they put him in the box of like you can't talk to this guy anymore because <laughs> yeah. like literally if you go to youtube like they have like banned like recent search results i'm pretty sure for him or at least it was this way when i looked at richard spencer interview like before we did the interview it's like 20 15, 2016, and then nothing else. Oh, he you disappeared. Have to, you have to look at it in reverse chronological, and you can start to find these live streams that he's actually been on in more recent times. And by doing that, it was how I actually figured out, like, oh, this guy's not going to come on here and be repeating a bunch of Trump talking points because he's clearly, like, realized that he doesn't embrace that or whatever. And I don't know. But th they got Aiden Ross for, like, similar shit at the same time, that Just Pearly things. They're, they're looking all over her. It's like a real coordinated attack on anybody in the sort of like mainstream youth creator space or whatever that has the gall to like speak to anybody outside I've of their that, usual group. I feel like I've seen this wave happen like three times in my life. Mm. Maybe you're like a little, you know, less tapped into that that side of things like four or five years ago. You know what I mean? But yeah, this, yeah. this this is why in general conservatives are all so fucking gay. It's because... <laughs> Yo, legitimately, Masked conservatives. Yo, conservatives us. stink, and the one of the reason for it is that like 
there's uh, there's kind of like the acceptable liberal people, but then anyone that sort of gets pushed to the right or whatever, they only get to exist saying anything wild for like a year before they disappear. Mm -hmm. And then all that's left is like really dorky, like, you know, Matt Walsh types, you know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of that, that thing where you're like, Hey, there's this new guy that's saying the wild, there's always kind of like how there's a new rapper. That's always going to say that, like, you know, do the, be the wildest, like killer. Mm -hmm. There's always like a new person that'll say like more wild shit than you. Yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? There's always some, you know, Oh, there's a 25-year-old. There's a new going to be a new guy that'll to ask more questions that you're not supposed to ask. But do you bust out and then like, those guys disappear? Do you bust out talking points on your podcast that doesn't exactly capture your audience, where like the audience sort of reacts to it? Because I feel like that is what happened to Richard Spencer. You have, to, you have to constantly be training your audience that like, hey, this is where I say what I think. I'm right. not your like savior. Yeah, because that's what happened with Richard Spencer. Is that he got destroyed by the liberal media, got a fan base of people on the right, but then he turned his back on Trump, and so all them. Oh, they all hate him too. So mm. it's, I, I I don't know if he has any kind of like crowdsourcing or Patreon. I don't, he couldn't have a Patreon, but like I don't I don't think his initial fan base fucks with him at all, which is really what made me interested in talking to him. Mm. You know, it's a complicated yeah. guy, I guess. Yeah, I I respect that you will bring like anybody in here, no matter how canceled, to hear them out because you believe in free speech, <laughs> and that was your whole thing. And yeah, clearly you're not a white supremacist. Like fucking 70% of the staff is black. I was just listening to Sam Harris talking to Lex Friedman about would he interview Hitler? Uh, my name at is various, Sam Harris. <laughs> at various stages in Hitler's life, would you have interviewed Hitler? When he was a watercolor painter. That's what I want to get. No one says uh, less with more words than Sam Harris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The three but, of us have been combined into this setting to speak in a way that we go, uh, we're doing a podcast. Like, you know, we, stop. We got we know, it. We know Sam. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm listening to a fucking four and a half hour Lex Friedman conversation with him. So I'm in Did it. you listen to it on double at least? I'm listening to it using the power of love, actually, which is pretty cool. I didn't, I haven't listened what's to many the, podcasts what's using the power of love. It's just what Lex Friedman's always talking about. Like whenever he's talking about anything, like why is it okay for him to have interviewed Kanye? It's like, well, it's all about love. What does this mean? Yeah. <laughs> but Sam was super honest with Lex about the fact that he thought it was irresponsible for him to platform Kanye. Uh, and Sam then, Harris would think everything's irresponsible. Everything he's, is a, irresponsible. he's got very much like don't do that energy. Mm. Uh, I don't know. He's, if, a, he's like a, he's like a stepdad. That's like, come on. I've heard Sam Harris interview ex Nazis. And that was part of why I thought that the door was open for me to have the conversation with Rick Spencer, <laughs> even though, and also cause I'm like a destiny dude. Like I'm watching destiny and all these fools have conversations with people that are like completely on the opposite end of shit ideologically mm -hmm. with them. Yeah. If anything, the problem was is that destiny and him didn't really have much to disagree on. They seemed like they pretty much ended and up. And you sort of like, they don't run like podcasts in the hip hop space. Exactly, the, yeah, yeah. the edgy white boy world is, you know, I get it because you're just like, hey, why do I have like, you know, let, right. let me sort of, you just, I think that someone like you, probably what you're smart at is seeing energy and you're like, oh, there's some energy in this like pocket here. Let me see what these guys are all about. Right. This is, I, I, just, I refuse to treat my audience like idiots. I think my audience actually wants to hear these kind of conversations and wants to hear canceled people have fucking conversations and wants to, you know, hear the shit out. And it's like, I feel like that's, it's kind of like there's a lot, a big incentive and there's a lot to be gained by not having conversations with controversial people in my world. It's like uh, Nori the other day was saying like, should we have Andrew Tate on the podcast? And he's just immediately and destroyed left and right. And this is Nori, the same dude who deleted his Kanye interview because he was well, saying- he's not about that life. You sh he shouldn't. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, him interviewing Andrew Tate- yeah, I don't well, know. for just him specifically, it's kind of like, listen, you've already you dipped your toes into being the controversial interview guy. You didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah, but like, I mean, the, the, you want to get drunk and like tell stories. That's just not that was that the guy. very beginning of the Kanye being so bad that you couldn't even have a conversation with him thing, which mm -hmm. Lex, Lex Friedman managed to avoid because he talked mm -hmm. to Kanye and they didn't have to delete it. It was gnarly. It definitely it brushed up against YouTube community guidelines mm. because Kanye would say some wild shit and then Lex would just have him dial it back. Mm. But I, I guess because the guy uploading it was disavowing and, and swatting away the more anti-Semitic things that Kanye said, yeah. that made it okay mm -hmm. because like overall there was no stamp of approval for anti-Semitism. Right. He was trying to talk him out of it. Yeah, more or less. That's what a lot of guys were like. What about this guy? He's all right. <laughs> they just keep listing off Jews like pretty Bob Dylan, pretty solid, right? <laughs> I'm pretty, I have a lot of respect for the fact that we don't know what the fuck Kanye's been doing for like the past couple months. He's so good at that, of being like 100% in your face every <laughs> uh -oh. moment of the day and then just disappearing. Yeah. He's the king of that. Well, he's got a hot new chick, right? And yeah. I, people keep saying he got his shoe deal back. I don't know. I'm the I'm the wrong guy to talk about this. Let's, Ryan Long's got to go to yeah, a bump. Let's just let him. I thought you were joking when you said we got some green lights going on in the background. We actually, I just realized we actually do have green lights. Like I couldn't have told you what color our lights were. Ecto cooler. Ecto cooler. Yeah. Is that the, the tone? Was an ecto cooler like from from Ghostbusters or Slimer? What was Slimer? Yes. That was just like a character on Nickelodeon. No, no, Slimer is in Ghostbusters. Oh, he's yeah, a Ghostbusters he's like guy. The, the comic relief bad ghost. What yeah. Are we talking about Kanye? We need that. <laughs> I do. I just rewatched Ghostbusters. It's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> are we cool? How do we do? How do you do this? What? How I mean, didn't know Danny was gonna leave, or I would have made a better uh, uh, leaving option. Well, he's right though. He peed so much faster than you. It's like he's been like, doing I, this honestly, for a living. You, I have, and you guys would have had two sentences, and I would have been back. I didn't know it was gonna be a whole thing. That's why I was like, let's just cut, and then he was like, oh, I got to pee too. Well, I wanted to chub up since my junk is so visible. Yeah, yeah, it can't hurt. I've got a bit where I do. I demonstrate this jujitsu. Pull the dick out, everyone. Ah! <laughs> it's, it's Imagine. A, it kills, dude. With my audience, it fucking Where's kills. Where's the rest of it? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I like I do this thing where my, my crotch is really exposed and it's just all nutsack. And people will tell me that like, dude, I can see the outline of both your testicles and your penis. So this is part of the bit. It's part of the bit. But I mean it's not supposed to be. I'm doing another <laughs> this is physical the kind of comedy movement. you're doing, huh? <laughs> I'm a physical guy, you know? <laughs> I fucking I see myself Danny's as uh, a, going to the open mics with a chest of freaking yeah. gags. I'm carrot top, dude. If you displayed your cock on stage, would you never be invited back? What are oh, the we, hard we lines that you can't cross? So we had a buddy who pulled his dick out in an open mic. He Pulling solicited his dick permission. Used to be the funny thing to do. Now you can't really yeah, do it anymore. Kind of over, huh? Yeah, we well, we took Cigar Guy actually. You're, you're very you familiar with. Out, I think now. A hundred percent. No, it happened. Uh, there is okay. In one of the open mics I go to, there's an LGBTQ plus IA mic, and a, a transgendered individual came there. The mic stand was broken one day. It was sunk all the way down into the bottom part of the stand. So you had to adjust it and bring it up. Well, he drops down to try to adjust the mic, and the six-inch mini skirt gets hoisted up. And uh, his massive shaft, from what I've heard, nice piece. is dangling, which really pisses me off, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it was a trans woman who still had a penis. Yeah. Okay. It was a real dick. A I'm real, not sure what. It was a real fucking cock. A big cock. No way. Nice stick. Yeah. yeah. I like to think it was a black man. I didn't ask, but I refuse to believe that a white guy's out there with just a fucking. Wait, so you didn't see this? I You're thought you were assuming? there. It was the hour before. Oh. I don't go they to the LGBTQ. The kind of okay. I don't go to that mic. Okay. Oh, so it's like a whole different room. 
it's the same room. Bro, if we went... It's a whole mic where the girls are guys and the guys are girls. If we went to the LGBTQ <laughs> mic, though, the open mic, and just hung out for an hour or two, like, don't you think we would get enough shit to talk about on here for, like, the next several weeks? Be good for our image, also. Especially I with this Gaylords say, yeah. project that we're talking about. <laughs> Gaylords. <laughs> hey, Mikey, you down to be the bassist in Gaylords, our band? Oh, the band's going to be called Gaylords. I was thinking of it more as just, like, a gay porn OnlyFans type thing. <laughs> But we could be Danny a band shows too, up yeah, with right. his instrument and he's like, what's that for? And you're uh, okay. Well, we <laughs> talked about starting a band, but I have no musical talent and no desire to sing. And okay. I feel like he's in a similar bucket. Dude, you don't need it, man. All we got to do is some stripped down <laughs> punk, dude. All we need are three chords, power chords. That's three yeah. more than I know. Dude, you just go like this with your fingers, okay? It does seem simple, you, but you I don't know. You just go like this. Ask right. It's fucking root note. You do mm-hmm. the G, and then the pinky and your ring finger go down a little bit lower. The G, you the were in bands? The y. Yeah. You played guitar in bands? Uh, I played, you were in MGMT? I play most instruments, but uh, drums is my main instrument. Really? I was you a like singer. to be in the back? I was the singer. You no, like I was the singer down? in bands. Oh, uh, Speaking yeah. of MGMT, we were talking about Ariel Pink, who's a buddy of mine. Who is uh, mega... Is he? That's so interesting. He's yeah. I, I think he just did come down. He was mega canceled yeah. because he fucking went to show. the January sixth shit, right? He went to January sixth. So he was. He knows my buddy Brooks Casso, a patriot, and then absolutely uh, a man who wants voting machine justice. That's how I like Trump, to think of. They got big. Um, uh, a protest going on in New York right now, and I was kind of jealous. I was like, "Fuck, that'd be fun to go." Muck and and stuff content, just so you yeah. know, my weird crossover with Ariel Pink is that I used to go to this porn house in the Valley. What's a porn house? bunch of porn stars live there and this is like 2014 or what do you shit. do there i would just be fucking one of them nice. and then like he'd be fucking <laughs> this other girl there. and then i ended up fucking that girl too and shit but ariel like, pink was getting some pussy he was he was up in there on a consistent basis and i'm in there acting like i don't even know who he is because i'm not trying to be a fanboy like in the porn house like i'm just trying yeah, to yeah. bang and get on my way <laughs> Love you your know? shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I, i've never listened to her anything, so it's like i just know who he is you know? that's just the most awkward like moment in like the at the sink in the porn house yeah i didn't want to do that of like Hey, I know who you are. Not <laughs> you a fan just, or anything, but I know who you are. I I love that he was there too because he does not strike you as the kind of guy who would be at the porn house in the valley, and, one room over from Adam Twenty Two. And this is like eight years before January sixth. So at that time, I'm thinking of him as like Mister Serious Musician Guy. I'm like yeah. kind of surprised to see him there as well. Yeah, yeah. If you listen to his music, I mean, it sounds like he's got a PhD in musicology. It's super really? complex. Yeah, it's so complex. It's really. I mean, you need an Adderall and half a joint to understand what he's doing musically or to appreciate it. Wow. I, it takes a lot of listens to start sort of because the, the melodies like aren't simple. Oh, yeah, totally like Weezer. <laughs> it's like Buddy Holly. Basically, all of his songs are singles. Weezer is, uh, to me, like that's like a, a slightly more complicated band. They have a lot of interesting things going what on. What are you in talking being about, serious dude? about that? Yeah, right. No, you're joking. There's all kinds of like, weird little breakdowns and like bridge things going on that's and stuff. That's a crazy comment. They, they, I, I, they're I, like, admittedly, I know nothing about what I'm talking about. I would say one of about. the like, known things about Weezer is they have like the most boring like instrumentation. So I've the drummer, if you watch the drummer, like he doesn't even do fills. He just goes, that's just every song over and over. Like it's like it's almost like their shtick almost. Okay, I'm gonna stop acting like I know what I'm talking about. Dude, their new albums, one of the songs is called I Can't Stop Party and Partying. <laughs> they they basically gone pop. The song, it's I just can't stop partying, partying. <laughs> Weezer went pretty pop in the last bunch of albums. I've, I've listened to a few of their like more recent projects, and yeah, it's usually like there's like one song that I like that usually starts the project, and then there's like 15 songs that I don't give two shits about afterwards. Yeah, I like them. He's uh, he's a quirky dude. Yeah. Rivers Cuomo. I like it. He is obsessed with pop music. 
he has gone back and dissected all the great pop records I read about in some Rolling Stone article, which he knows how a pop song is composed, and he likes to just keep following that tradition. Right. He likes That's to a hang good out with- like way to uh, to justify it, where where they're like, "Hey, you you really you like went pop," and you're like, "Oh no no no, I'm like a big pop guy. This is my <laughs> like I, you know I don't understand. I'm a, a connoisseur. It's actually still quirky that I'm making pop music. You're right. You're right. <laughs> this like- is actually a, a, another quirk of mine that I like to make pop songs. Well, if, if you're a media guy, you would know him as a poptimist. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> they actually say that word. If you like pop music and you think that it is good, then you're a poptimist. Mm. I thought that's just like a lot of gay dudes I know are very, you know, oh, pop music. So like that's their identity. So you right. know what I mean? Like, I like yeah. Britney Spears and that's my whole personality exactly. is that I think that Britney Spears is good. Because if you go to those concerts, you're, you're kind of like Britney Spears. You're like, I wonder how like what they're up to kind of. And you go, oh, they're filling arenas in Vegas of all just dude queens yeah. <laughs> or fat chicks from Tennessee. <laughs> I guess it might be that too. A lot of that also. Yeah, I was the weird thing like wearing I just see your it. two people that I won't fuck, you know? It's weird like wearing your musical identity on your sleeve. Also, a guy walked into Whole Foods the other day and like his whole uh, demeanor, posture, outfit just screamed. I suck cock. <laughs> and that's the only interesting thing about me. Describe his outfit. Up to here. <laughs> Up uh-huh. to the nipples, cropped up. He had a, a very expensive looking French bulldog with mm. a bedazzled leash. <laughs> I love bo- it. Boots up to his knees. No socks and, for sure. And it's just like, what is the equivalent for us? Like, what is the outfit to let everybody know we love fucking pussy? <laughs> mm. Like, that, like, yeah. the, the, like, you know that Kappa brand? The guys have on the back of their mud flaps Maybe on a truck that. with like the two naked chicks back yes. to back in silhouette. Love that. Like we got to have that all over us. I would us. say the Russell Brand outfit, probably the closest thing. Like <laughs> you, any shirt that like drips really down low, that's yeah. kind of like I'm. I'm very. My personality is uh, is very um, created around what will get me the most puss pussy. Sure, but at least that's like enlightened pussy getting. At least that's like I'm going to read your palm <laughs> and take you to a hip tea yeah. spot in town. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we're going to get some boba. Or, or um, matcha. Okay, Ma- so what matcha you, is like the new pussy. You give me a drink. better one then. Like a male. Yeah, what's the. Oh, um, like. I guess uh, you go with did you just boy. say matcha is the new pussy? No, matcha is the. Like a guy who wears the Russell Brand <laughs> shirt, he would take a girl on a matcha date yeah. and then take her to his flat. Like that would be the pussy lubrication. I don't think move. there's anything wrong with ordering matcha, but I think if you ask a girl out to matcha instead of saying out for coffee, then you have some serious issues going on. I'll agree. Yeah. I'll agree. And um, I don't know. Like the, my idea of a guy who's wearing his sexual identity on his sleeve would be like my other car is an M4 assault rifle. <laughs> you think those guys are getting a lot of push? I feel like that guy's got like a wife he beats. <laughs> <laughs> He's got one wife who behaves. But if you ask that guy if he got pussy, he'd be like, fuck yeah, I get pussy. Yeah, if I wasn't married to Betty Sue over here. If like, I wasn't married. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just, that guy, if you, you have sort of like a getting pussy look. Don't, don't you think? Like that genre? No, it's a little fratty or whatever. He's tall know. and skinny. I feel like he yeah. like could ooze pussy getter more than he actually does. Don't I know, you think? that's Can true. He, I agree, yeah. But he isn't even back into the swing of things either. Interesting. You, you I know. and I, when I went down to your show in San Diego, we were dressed identically. We both had backwards <laughs> black hats and like a matching <laughs> <Totally>. shirt. <laughs> no, we, we have the same like genre of human for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. We're pretty. Like, you know what I mean when they're making when they're putting them in. If there was twelve categories, we're in a similar category. Well, we're we're all guy. pretty. Yeah. We're stock, all pretty similar. I, I, I stock white guy opinions. I, I mean, I have like tattoos. I, like you, I feel Musk. like that puts me in like a slightly different, like or yeah, just dude. like too many <laughs> tattoos. I feel like I look like a warp tour reject, whereas yeah. you guys look like a little bit more like hipster. No, no. There's. I don't know. You have a little more urban. He has a little more frat, right? That's you just have a big cock. You having a that. big cock and displaying it on camera is what separates you from us. Is that the thing? Being I feel a like big, that's relatively new. Being a big cock guy puts you in like a different genre. Do you want to hear about how my cock got bigger since I lost weight again? Because I'm I'm totally prepared to talk about that. I, I think we need to hear about it. I don't think you've driven the point home. There's new veins. Really? Eh? I got some new veins. Wow. I couldn't see him a couple months ago. Wow. I can see him now. I'm just saying. Those driving the girls wild right, on the plug talk the couch. It's reaching okay. way deeper into the guy's ass now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. New places where I'm finding man's male shit. <laughs> Some other gay lord. Is that a vein? No, no, dude. Oh hey. my god. Yesterday when I was getting my fucking STD test, <laughs> I felt a little bit of energy. Like maybe the chick who was administrating the STD test knew who I was, or like you know, but, but like, was a you're cool. used to seeing these people over and over and over. Because it's like we just keep going to the same place. But this is my first time having her draw my blood. She puts the fucking needle in. And then when she turns around to grab like the vial for the blood, she just rips it out of my fucking vein <laughs> and has to like completely reinsert it next to it. I'm just, Amateur like, hour. I'm really feeling like I'm getting torn apart over Ow! here. Ow! God damn, dude. I, uh, I've been to that that place where you get your blood drawn. <laughs> yeah, you them. filmed a terrible video talking shit to the employees. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> At I, the hope STD they, place? I hope they never see this and judge me based on it. Yeah. Well, one of our cameras cut out during that segment. That's why it was filmed so poorly. <laughs> oh, I wasn't. I was just saying more like the fact that you were just going in there and harassing these employees was. Yeah. I'm, 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 At was, the STD clinic. I'm yeah, just hoping that they can't like that put, put it together and figure out that I was like, uh, like Adam has fully like embraced this this asshole is coming in here. And I used to have us. a few places like that where I was just like, I caused ruckus here. Wish I. I kind of didn't because I'd like to be able to go there. <laughs> really? Where? Like a store or something. Like I used to have a TV show that I just nonstop would go wreck places. And there was like a pretty big mall that I was essentially like I was not showing my face there again after this video. Do you feel like you've outgrown being a public nuisance for content? And yeah, do you think that Danny Mullen will ever outgrow it? I've well, there's different me and Danny. I remember the first time we met, we sort of talked about this. Like when you're young doing public nuisance content, the only real move you have is like push it till you get kicked out. Yeah. And yeah. then you kind of, you know, develop, you know, I would say that you like if you look at like British comedy, so Americans, it is a little more that's where it ends and then it becomes something else. But like British, like Ali G and places like that, like those right. guys could do that into their 50s. Like it's a it is a more like intellectual pursuit. And to you some see degree. it constantly because like me and my girl were watching the Gideon vlog that he put out a couple <laughs> weeks Gideon. ago that's called uh, I wore a fake bodybuilder suit to a bodybuilding contest. Yeah. And it's I was dying laughing. But yes, that is the whole fucking thing is that there's these people trying to run this bodybuilding contest. Yes. And he's fucking their day up yeah. and really but frustrating. Young man's game. Yeah. I, I would, so that is, you'll never, well, don't you think like, you're less crazy now than you were at 25. That's got to be true, yes, right? Yes. Okay, so there's a 25-year-old you now yeah. that you can't compete with because he's crazier. So you just have to be funnier and smarter and make better stuff. I agree. So it's I, like, yeah, Gideon can probably do crazier stuff than the funniest like 35-year-old. But is it like, you know, funnier and more pointed and whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, if, if Giddy, I haven't seen that Gideon video, but if Giddy, if the video is funny, if you were laughing your ass off at it, it's valid. Mm. I don't care if it's a 55-year-old man going into a Walmart and getting kicked out like he's a 22-year-old who just started vlogging. That does sound funny. If he's if he's subtle and if he, if he does it right, <laughs> if he does it right, if he's funny, it is if the he's sharp. funniest thing. I'll never laugh more than I laugh at like 
that kind of bullshit. Yeah, like, dude, Conan O'Brien. I mean, Conan O'Brien has a travel show that's unbelievably good because he is such a talented comedian, but he's essentially doing what myself and Ryan Long do. He's doing out-in-public street comedy, mm. but he's just so good at the craft that it becomes valid, and it will be valid if he's doing it in his 80s as long as he keeps at it. Mm. No, it is just a different thing. Like, there is something uncomfortable about watching, like, anyone that's, like, you know, approaching 40 act like they're 20. Yeah. So you essentially need to look super young or you essentially need to change what you do yeah, to like be a, age appropriate. There's a way that it's just... Same with on stage. Like, but yeah. it works the other way too. When you're on stage, if you're like 18, you know, being like too high energy and stuff is like, uh, or talking about fucking chicks and stuff is a little more palatable. Mm. But no one wants to hear you talk about any... Like no one wants to hear you talk about how the world works, what the relationships are. Yeah. And then when you're older, like people will hear that other stuff about you, but they don't want to hear your fucking banging chick stories. But mm. also I feel like... Yeah, the, totally the, accurate. You could totally be a public nuisance content creator when you're 21, whereas like I would say a 21-year-old is almost never going to be an elite podcaster or a stand-up comedian. It just yeah. takes too many years of experience to get good at it. 100%. Right? And there is experience. a structural component of it right yeah so the thing that makes it cool for a 21 year old too is that like you have all this potential you can be 21 and like broke and the best the best like on the street messing with people guys you don't know them yet right because mm -hmm. it's harder to do once you're super famous right and that but that's what's funny with Gideon is that he's he's he made this fake cologne that smells like shit and he's going to people at like a, a candle uh, a fragrance store <laughs> and he's putting it on people and making them smell and a lot of these people clearly know who he is uh -huh. and he just won't break character he just uh -huh. Continues to act <laughs> yeah. like he's an employee at the store, uh -huh. and that to me is very unique because I saw the Nelk Boys when they came to my store back in the day, in the middle of the SoundCloud era, 2017 or some shit. I remember and, that video, and they came yeah. and did a video, and I remember them getting kind of frustrated because everybody recognized them in line, even mm -hmm. though they were already we done up. costumes. Yeah, but they had costumes, and it's like still everybody fucking knew who they were On because the my store was their exact demographic. Yeah. Like all these fucking people already watch your videos. Yeah, but Gideon was just kind of like powering through that. Yeah, that's why you got to get off the beaten path. That's that's why I love flying yeah, to, to, yeah, yeah, to Topeka, yeah. Kansas mm. and going into the local city hall because nobody, not that I'm that recognizable anyway, but you can be damn sure All it people takes out is there. one to ruin the gig. Yeah. Like I, one thing that I'll have happen, and again, this is like a pretty small point of part of like the content I do right now, probably like 10% is like me doing street stuff. But like mm. one thing that you'll have is you're, you're like, go somewhere to film and there's a couple guys that know who you are and they sort of sit around and watch and then anyone who walks up can tell that you're famous because there's people yeah. or whatever right so it like you have to you have to then you have to go up to those guys that are fans and be like hey can you leave <laughs> yeah stop, <laughs> stop. or stop. or the worst, yeah, the worst? So all it takes is a couple people to kind of ruin your gig and, and what i hate the most is when they aren't fans they just see a camera and they're like oh damn this guy must be on tiktok and then they start hanging out trying to get selfies when you're in the middle of a bit like yeah. when you have have somebody on the hook sure. and you have a comedic situation developing and these two guys are lurking just basically trying to get clout for their t-shirt company that was me anytime i would be filming shit at the store back in the day is i'd be standing there with a fucking mic or on the vlog camera talking to somebody clearly filming somebody and motherfuckers just come up to me like hey can i get a selfie like all up in the fucking camera and shit yeah and it's like I want to strangle you. And like, they, how do you have no respect for the fact that you watch this content <laughs> yeah, oh, and that you're coming you. up to crazy? me in the middle of it and, and interrupting and yeah. trying to make it all about you getting a fucking photo? Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> happened to us in Vegas. Our newest video that happened to us. I was like, this is a fucking bummer. Like, we we have guys that are coming up and trying to get selfie. I don't even think they recognize and us. And a little bit of it is fine. But as soon as it becomes, like, too much, it's like, no, this content cannot work if I have people trying to, like, accost me in this way. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's 
totally fine once like the bit concludes and we're yeah, walking yeah, yeah. back to our car it's awesome i love it when the fans come up but uh, almost 100 percent of the fans have enough common sense to not go in and interrupt a comedic moment that's playing out so let me ask ryan this how how was going on joe rogan what was it like afterwards what's the jre afterglow like for all of us mere mortals who have never been invited down to austin <laughs> yeah we were really jealous of that by the way we had voodoo got, dolls i can talk to him guys you know he's a buddy of mine no, 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 no. This guy adam 22 he's gonna find he, us hey ryan is like he got me on adam carolla I we're going on adam carolla what, what type of guy i am joe yeah <laughs> so he's a big adam carolla fan right? right like if you know that's his favorite guy so i'm doing carolla tomorrow uh-huh. so i just hit him up and i was like hey my buddy's like a huge fan can he come with me so danny's coming with me we're going well, on, dude. Oh, that's sick, yeah. So he's he shares the wealth. Yeah. He shares the fucking wealth. We got to give Ryan his props. He got me on Corolla, dude. And then he can do it probably whenever. I'm sure he'll fucking love Danny. And it's just down the street. Well, get us on Rogan, bitch. <laughs> that one's tougher. <laughs> how was like? How did it come about? Because I'm always hearing yeah, that he's yeah. like booked out three months in advance, and it's like you know, like you you just you know a lot of people that you know Joe Rogan knows that he yeah. hasn't invited on. So like, even though I knew that. Okay, you, so you would be a logical person to, to, for him to have on. When I saw it, I was still like, "Holy shit, it actually happened!" Yeah. Well, one interesting thing for me it was that I kept getting messages from everyone being like, "Yo, he really likes your videos." Like uh, Dave Smith, Giannis Papas, really? uh, uh, Louis Gomez. Uh, there's like one or two more. Uh, Ari would message me and be like, "Yo, Rogan just sent me your video." I think Schultz too. Damn, but like, dude. But so sick. I think he was like over the years, like seeing my videos, but. I think, and people will be like, oh, that's my boy Ryan, but I'm sure he's so inundated with stuff. I literally, my thoughts are that he kept seeing those videos, but just thinking it's a different guy every time. (laughs) Like, not really putting it together that, like, I like this guy's videos. Uh I think he just kept thinking, like, oh, here's a funny video. And then someone being like, oh, that's your boy Ryan. Like, we know, but like, because he never met me, I think none of it clicked. Seems seems like his social media uh, consumption is kind of limited, you know, like, like, because he says that he doesn't go on Twitter and stuff like that. So, like, when you do see Joe Rogan reposting something, it's like it somehow got through to him, even. Even though it feels like he's making a concerted effort to not be all up on social media, right? It's, cr- it's super smart what they have going on right now. Because like to be really good at comedy, like in a way you do have to be like insulated, but in a way you do have to know what's going on too. Because mm-hmm. it's like you can't. It's you know, it's just a constant problem with like your information diet or whatever, right? Yeah. How do you not, especially when you're that big? How do you not have everything always? And then how? But how do you not? stay complete how do you not uh, the other version is like a lot of people will just oh i'll tap out and then mm. they just f- start to feel out of touch right yeah. so he has his little crew there in austin but then so i went to austin and i was doing stuff and then eventually uh i met him i think at the the vulcan and then is that a club out there? Club and then i think tony hinchcliffe was like oh you know ryan you as you said you liked his uh this video and he was like oh okay go. yeah and then and then after that i think he kind of like knew who i was and then added me and then so whatever he was like kind of would see videos dick and pic. like them and yes and in dick pics back and forth <laughs> vanish mode <laughs> yeah it's pretty normal I'm, i guess being like a, a comedian in the you know in that space i'm a little more like that is my world right mm-hmm. that's I what i thought as if you were like a ufc guy. i mean literally it's like all my friends you know yeah that's if you were squad, gonna right? engineer someone to get on rogan you would definitely want them to be stellar at stand-up comedy yeah. you would definitely want them to maybe not be an all out conservative but to certain but like 
you know, to make content. That, Not like making pussy comedy. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like, you don't see Joe like running to have all of the Daily Wire hosts on there necessarily. Although I guess he has. Matt Walsh, well, you know Yeah, yeah. 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 he does. <laughs> I think a lot of comedians are like this, and he's like this, and you can just tell he has like such an affinity towards like comedians. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? I, there's like some uh, person I watch a YouTuber. I'm like that too, though. I, you I, see it. I like, watched this YouTuber who I saw a video the other day of him sort of like ridiculing Joe Rogan and Andrew Schultz for their latest episode because I guess they spend the whole time talking about how great comedy is and how hard it is to be a comedian and what a special skill it is or whatever. And I hadn't really heard that criticism before, but there's this guy I've watched like a bunch of videos for and and I, I heard him make this argument and I'm like, oh, okay, so is this how they're going to try to convince us that Andrew Schultz is no good? They're going to tell us that... It's too much inside baseball, is that what they're saying? Yeah, that he, he just likes comedy too much, and he has too much to say about mm -hmm. what a special... Uh, I think that a lot... We, I mean, in the comedy podcasting space, I would say that conversation happens a lot, where really? a lot okay. of... No, but I'm saying a lot of us have, like, no talking about comedy policy. Or, like, when I'm doing an interview and I have a comedian on... Or like not an interview, like more like this, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and it goes t t 10, 20 minutes about comedy. I'm always like, we got it. Yeah. Because mm. I do think it's a little bit uh, over talked about. However, he has that with like five things, you know? It's like, mm. then he does a UFC guy and they talk about all UFC stuff. So it's like, mm -hmm. if it was just comedians coming on and doing that, I could see you being like, I, I get it. Mm. But in his case, it's kind of like 10 different things coming on and doing that. And then he also just opened a comedy club. And also, if you were into comedy, figuring, you know, having, I, I think that maybe there is a moment where people are just like, felt full on that for a little bit. Yeah. But- it's hard to say where exactly where it goes. Are you you guys? Do you do you still think that's cool, or would you be like, ugh? I, I there's been many times in my life where I listen to a random Mark Maron episode with somebody just because I like the guest, or yeah. you know, same thing with Joe. And then they do kind of do too much of the thing of just talking about stand-up comedy yeah. and just, mm -hmm. or even just like naming random fucking people from back in the day. And oh, this guy was so funny in it's 1979. Like, and if you're into a yeah. nerd. Yeah, and I'm kind of listening to it like, you guys could be having a way better conversation. And that's something I feel like I'm frequently accounting for in my brain is like, yeah, we're having a conversation, but what would be the better conversation? Like, how could, what, yeah. what, what's the more interesting thing that we could maybe get to? Mm -hmm. And as soon as I start to feel like I'm kind of having like a, a reiteration of a conversation I already have, my brain does. Start or a conversation you might just have in real life. Like, and I guess that's why it's cool that it's kind of like, this is how those two people probably actually would talk. You mm -hmm. would talk about comedy and shit like that. Yeah. However, maybe there is a point where it's like it was pulling back the curtain and there is also a point where it's like, okay, I saw the whole curtain thing. Let's get back to business. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's why Lex Friedman's podcast can be tiring for me sometimes. Because the power like, of love. Like, <laughs> that's the one thing I like. I like Just how much love. love there is emanating throughout the podcast room. But like I listened to the new chat GBT episode, like one of the head engineers and it's got 2.7 million <laughs> views. And there's just, they are taking for granted that the audience knows so fucking much mm. about artificial intelligence and NVIDIA chips. And I like, I need to, the fucking basics here like you need to take you want for like, dummies if you're gonna yeah i want chat gbt for dummies if you a chat gbt could probably decode that fucking podcast for me actually how but could it, they make this podcast better <laughs> good okay but are we doing the podcasting version of that we're podcasting about podcasting Oh, it's getting real meta here. <laughs> yeah, we are. But we're also I podcasting that, I, in criticism of other people's podcasting, <laughs> which more, might be better. But right? it is like, yeah, I guess the, 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 I, I think the most is like, just don't only do that. Yeah. Mm, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, you're right. If you did that for two hours, it might be too much. But if it's like, that's the 10 things you talk about that me and you might talk about in real life. Because I, I love Rogan. And like. I've spent so much of my fucking life listening to him and stuff. But I will say that 
I've heard him have the conversation on his podcast about how great podcasting is too many times of like, you, you know, look at what we're doing. This is so much better than CNN or NBC because we're actually having a real conversation and we could take two hours to make a point and yada, yada, you know, like, and I've probably done the same thing, but that is something that like, if I noticed myself starting to have that conversation yeah. through having watched a lot of Joe Rogan, I've kind of figured out that that's something that maybe I don't want to spend a lot of time digging into. You know what the interesting thing about like him specifically and probably a lot of other big like LA comedians and I'll say about myself too. It's like pod, with podcasters, there's so many things that they go, oh, this guy does this and it's bad. And this guy does this and it's bad. And this guy does this and it's bad. And it's like, they go, this guy interrupts too much. This guy does this. And they go, mm. and then lo and behold, every year they're the biggest ones. So it's like, <laughs> are, like, is this just like the same as hipster advice where they look at musicians and they go, oh, this guy does this. That's why it sucks. What's really cool is this band no one's heard of. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of this interesting thing where everyone says, gives you a list of things that are bad. That is a quality that all of the best ones, the biggest ones have. Mm. And I see that with me a little bit where I'll see, I get like criticisms but it's like when I don't do that, those episodes do worse. So it's like, uh, do they know what they're talking about? But don't mm. you feel like at the end of the day that podcasting is kind of a popularity contest, and it's about it's about that more than like who's having the best conversation. No offense to Logan no. Paul, but he has like one of the biggest no, podcasts so, in the world, right? So, uh, He's one of the biggest stars in the world. Well, you know better than me, obviously. But I think that my take on even what I was going to say about the Rogan thing is. I think that there's something like, yes, he maybe says that same thing, but then he's saying that to like, cause he knows it's a great thing to cue you up to whatever, however you mm. feel your like speech on whatever you think about this Rogan's stuff. So also, maybe there's that part of it. He's super talented at keeping the conversation going. And I think that sometimes he'll just be kind of like repeating little like things that's what I'm in saying. between that's what as I'm he's like setting up for like where this might go Some from here. It's that, just like, yeah. which is a really important skill to have because dead air is very bad right so it's some version of that so i don't know there's there's this weird thing of like and then there's also like six different people watching your thing at the same time mm. there's people that are that are just finding out about you there's people and so if you're if you have someone on that like is a big you fan and they like hearing your opinions i know it's more of an interview show but like maybe you have a version where it's just you know the ver you and then you have some other guy on the people that are his fans are going to be like let him speak yeah and the people mm. that you're going to fans might be like this guy won't shut up like mm -hmm. so it's this weird uh you know, you're always going to get some version of that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, so yeah, it's always kind of like, are you, uh, I think uh, this might've been a Schultz thing, but he was like, are you spending time on customer satisfaction or customer acquisition? And those two things have very different, uh, you know, moves. That's really interesting. Yeah. Cause like Schultz doing episodes with Jake Paul and Dave Portnoy and like having all these big names on, like that's customer acquisition. I that's think like, so, yeah. But, but then you doing the thing where you sit down with your friends, it's low cost. You know, everybody already, you already know what they're getting paid. Well, mm -hmm. I guess for their, their guests, it's pretty low cost as well, but it's like easy lifting. And that's really what you're trying to do is like, get these big guests so that your consistent content mm -hmm. can do better by introducing yourself to more people. Right. Mm -hmm. But does mm -hmm. that ever fucking work? getting big guests on shows what do you feel like your views on your podcast the boys cast for the record as uh which is kind of like gay lords uh do you feel like <laughs> do you feel like this that, collaboration was meant to be did you man. immediately see like a surge <laughs> in people watching your consistent content as a result of you going on Rogan? it's all it, it was another thing that uh just kept like i think right now there isn't one thing that doing it once is going to change your life mm. but it definitely uh, I would say for me specifically, just the same way that I was that for him, I think a lot of people see me as like, I mean, they go, 
oh, that guy, he does the couple videos I think are funny. Like, oh, I think my friend sent me his videos or whatever. And then now they know my name. Like, yeah. So I, I would notice a little bump in my shows where people would come to shows. Most of those people didn't find out about me from him. But most of those people, like, that, like, solidified that I'm, like, they're a fan now. Mm. They're like, oh, okay, it's that guy. That Now I know his name. And then they go, oh, right, I like that video. Maybe go watch some more. And now they. So I think it did uh, kind of, like, bumps up your you know, maybe you go to like a guy that someone thinks is funny to now you might, maybe you're in their top 10 now, you know, what, so I think that kind of effect. What about YouTube analytics wise? Was there any bump in viewership directly within that week? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I own the only metric I really give a shit about is ticket sales. Mm. Like all of those things, of course I've watched them, but there's always ones that are going up and down. So I do care about my, I guess I care about like the Patreon, but like really the metric that matters to me is live ticket sales. Mm. Uh, that's my number one. And I did bump up a little. Yeah. How do you think, uh, how big does a comedian have to be online to actually sell tickets? And we're immediately we're getting right back into like, mean, shop <laughs> talk for comedians. But I'm wondering, like, if I was going to Huntsville, Alabama, you could sell tickets now. 100%. You'd be surprised. I'm a comedian. But like, how many, how many do you think you could do in <coughs> random markets that are not really his primary? Well, why would you go to random markets? Why would you want to do I, I that? Just throwing, New York City. Yeah, go play New York City, play Buffalo, or sorry, Boston, like play Chicago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if I was you, I would do a comedy club and and see if it sells out. And if it sells out, then you had a second. Mm. That's what huh. he did you do. Okay. Yeah. So, I, one, dude, 1,000%. I mean, there's you're doing your kind of shows where it's a lot of work and you're doing it yourself. But if you just do like the proper comedy club route, mm -hmm. I, there's people that uh, headline clubs that are smaller than you. Mm -hmm. No question. Smaller in the pants, dude. And you also have like you have Not this based podcast. On what I'm seeing ball sack <laughs> guy. Come on, man. Fuck you. Hey, big balls. It's something. It's all part of the package. <laughs> and you're on the pussy trail right now too, huh? <laughs> I'm on the uh, the Ho Chi Minh the, uh, and the pussy trail, ooh, dude. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> He's Ali. You know, the that is a reason to go on tour. Too. That's what? a reason to go on tour right there. Yeah, just, just to, get just, away from these LA there's no pussy slappers there, yeah. backstage. There's more pussy on the road. I mean, I there's mean, pussy you're not familiar with. Yeah, I mean, it's easier. Like, in some ways, it's like, if you want to do road pussy, you probably just finish your show. I mean, I'm sure most of your fans are dudes. <laughs> road, Comedy's no the best Road pussy's like a roadkill, dude. I'm imagining just a chick well, flattened oh, in the middle of the street. Oh, he only wants uh, Mr. Too Good for Road Pussy. <laughs> I love it. I just love the name, Road Pussy. Okay, are, are you familiar with the Wiggles? Roadkills. Yes. The, the, the children's Australian act. children's group, right? So I was reading yeah. about the history there's of... Oh, the no, they're getting road pussy. No, but... Oh, okay. So she was five. They're a children's group, and there is a girl who joined the group at some point, right? Named yes. Emma Memma. And Emma Memma joins the group, becomes very popular as part of the Wiggles, and then at a certain point, she leaves, and I was looking up her YouTube stats. It doesn't appear to me that Emma Memma is doing that well since she left the Wiggles. She okay. thought that she was bigger than the program, oh, and it no. turns out that she's oh, no, you're not bigger no, than no, the Wiggles. No, no. And especially, imagine how hard it is to get into that kid's algorithm for mm. like kid's song content like that. Like The fact Once that the Wiggles... And, and so I'm reading articles about the Wiggles and, and learning about their business model. And so number one, like they change out members... And it pisses off the parents, but it doesn't really piss off the kids that much because uh -huh. the kids are only into the Wiggles for like three years, right? Uh -huh. They spend 80% of their fucking time on the road just to continue this business, which is kind of amazing to me because I would think that once you've been the Wiggles for 50 years that you don't need to go on the road that much anymore. And that kind of made me feel like, <laughs> oh, am I just like massively lazy because I don't travel to like push the voice that I'm trying to get out there because the Wiggles are doing it. Live Why? podcasting sort of newish. 
Yeah, and I'm not like to be totally honest. I'm just not interested. Like it just sounds like hellish well, have, to not, constantly like, be on the road. You didn't you know? come up being a live performer. Yeah, and I have no interest. It just feels like it would be too destructive to my like day to day life. But it's I, a nightmare. When I talk to comedians, <laughs> or I, I realize that like, oh, this is just part of the deal. If you're a comedian, you got to be on the road a yeah. lot. Like that's just expected, right? Yeah, live podcasting is it's strange too because a good podcast is there's going to be a lot of time spent with no laughter, mm. and it just it feels like. When I've done live podcasts, there's so much pressure to throw out a cock joke at the end of every paragraph. Mm. It's a whole, it's a different game, yeah. You're playing to the audience, yeah. Exactly. Whereas when you're doing stand up, it's comedy, yeah. Yeah, like stand up, it's not like you make the audience laugh. It keeps them engaged the whole time. But a podcast, if we were talking right now about Joe Rogan and Andrew Schultz getting into the weeds about fucking No, tags, that's not live podcast. That's not live there was like a half hour there that if we were doing it live, people would have maybe started moaning in the audience. Live yeah. live podcasting is 100% about getting your like one liners in. Yeah, exactly. That is which is true. which is cool also. I mean, that keeps you sharp. That's a good skill set to work out. It's we that's one of the reasons I got into stand up is because so much of my comedic experience has been making jokes to a disinterested sound guy in the corner. Like I never <laughs> it was hard to gauge what yeah. was actually funny because I'm in Addison, Texas at 9 a.m. in a gun store doing comedy or I'm here and Mike's on the verge of passing out at hour two. Like and there's such a difference on the Internet than there is on like live. It's just like completely different ball game. Mm. Yeah, the, the biggest one. And this is why. Like internet, like on the internet, for example, most of the time, things that do good or do bad are just like a uh, like a one little minute thing, right? Mm. Like let's say a joke. It's all let's say you're like talking shit about you know white people, right? Like uh, edgy, that. edgy, great sure. content. Oh yeah. my well, okay. god, well, oh, media matters are well, yeah. But you guys already have like an opinion on that, right? But what if I was just talking shit about black people for five minutes before, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, white people aren't so great. Here's my white people joke, right? right. So in the context <laughs> of like doing an hour, it's all about the same way in real life. It's like you can't just shit on one thing over and over again. Yeah. You really do need to be like a balanced human. So yeah. this idea of people go, oh, this is too much. This is too much. Like the aud audiences aren't crazy people. They don't want you to like just. Bully someone like you know mm -hmm. what i mean mm -hmm. so it's like but then now because it's all clips you literally you take this thing that might have been like a palate cleanser and then you get reactions like that where like another comedian with jokes about you know what i mean and think about how sinister it is that we it all do sucks. this long form content and now we're all having editors chop it up into 60 second reels and tiktoks so that we can ideally get people to go watch the long form version but in reality we all know that it we're kind of like training people to just want to consume the 60 second version. Yeah, they don't need to. And there used to be a lot more of a connection, yeah, I feel like, from up. like a TikTok doing well and then the original podcast doing well. Mm. Or like, you know, you know, okay, I interviewed, a, you know who Brother Nature is? No. He was like a YouTube influencer. No, Brother Ali. He used to kick, <laughs> that's a whole different thing, but uh, we should get him on here. But like uh, Brother Nature was like a, a, a influencer and an Instagram dude and stuff. He's still around, but he, he would do tons of stuff just playing with animals. And that was like his big thing. And then he gets in this big fucking fight in Miami. And uh, basically people kind of turned on him and decided that he was an asshole after they saw this video of him getting in a fight, right? And so I interviewed him, like the first interview that he had done since he got like canceled or whatever by his fan base, it got like 30,000 views. I was like, damn, I thought 
thought that that was a lot more interesting than other people thought it was. The other day, I seen a homie of mine make a video that the how Brother Nature lost his career or how how is his he completely he fell off. One of those half a million views, views. half yep. a million views oh, immediately. No. Yeah. It uses a couple of clips of my fucking podcast with him and stuff. It's not like super derivative of it. It might have been like thirty seconds of of my content or whatever. But that did kind of make me feel like oh well. Maybe I'm in the wrong game. I'm creating the raw source material for people to make these fall off videos. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure that I really want to get into the fall off video games. You want to know what the raw game, game is? Sketch it's- comedy. <laughs> but like, you're right. I the game is like insane right now. Just the way like it's mm. actually working. It feels like unsustainable. Yeah. Just because it feels like there's too many people just like hacking the system. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's just like a loophole that is. You know what I mean? It's all about finding these like loopholes to make money or something. Yeah. yeah. I used to wonder why Fresh and Fit seemed like they were the only ones doing the thing of like getting a bunch of girls there and then kind of yelling at them and shit. And now there's like a bunch more. <laughs> Whatever. I, yeah. Exactly. And I I kind of am like predicting a future in which every city in America with more than like a hundred thousand people <laughs> has their own fresh and fit maybe it'll be a franchise like 24 hour fitness or brings something. girls in and they go they go what's your body count and they go i like i don't know 100 you go what's slut. your body count five you're an idiot <laughs> you're a fucking hey sydney go fuck yourself <laughs> you know what i want this is what i want adam is i want like maybe it's comedy sketch but like two like 800 pound like red pill dudes mm. that have a podcast <laughs> where they bring girls on and they go like they bring on hot chicks and they go i wouldn't fuck them with Great. That they sounds so good. Like that sounds like something that would easily have ten thousand, fifteen thousand yeah. people watching per night. And it's just called Fat Red Pill. And yeah. they go to the and they go to the girls and they're just like they go if you're over twenty five you're fucking okay. But this is something I used see. up me in, in, in the in the poker space. There's used tons of me. different casinos that are trying to basically like do a live poker stream at night. And it's it's a weird thing where it's like kind of winner takes all because it's like whoever's doing the best show is going to get the majority of the viewers Mm -hmm. and it's like are you going to be able to make a show that is better at being fresh and fit than fresh and fit because it's kind of like they're all kind of gunning for the same rough time period although you could have different uh time zones that could benefit one of the other ones well let's look at what's happening right now it seems like and i don't know if it's a product of the economy or a product (laughs) of oversaturation but ad revenue is down on youtube Mm. ads in general are spending way less money like sponsorships and shit those are or maybe my ad agent's just lying to me because <laughs> nobody wants to touch my thing, show. Yeah. But so it, it's, it seems like already there's going to be a squeeze that's going to get some of the fair weather content creators out of the space. And then once Good. once Fresh and Fit ripoff number four starts feeling that pinch, I doubt that they have the drive and the passion to keep it going. It's sort of like the comedy boom in the 80s. Yeah. In the 1980s. It's definitely a boom. Stand-up, stand-up comedy in the 1980s was fucking giant. Every network had four shows where one famous host introduced a bunch of no-name comedians they came out and performed. Mm. A comedy club opening on every corner. Comedians who maybe started three months ago or making a full-time <laughs> I mean, it's a living. Lot like now, yeah. And, but what happened eventually is people started going to shows. Every All the comedians bombed. The, everybody in the audience lost their taste for stand-up comedy. And then they started consuming less of it. And then what happened is the industry couldn't support all these shitty fucking comedians that it used to support and all the ones who couldn't hack it anymore left. Who was left in the stand-up comedy happens game? Happens in tech, happens in everything. Yeah, people who actually were good I mean, it's were left literally over. right now in the like SaaS and mm-hmm. you know the angel investing space. It was like you know, there's less money going around because of, you know, the way the worlds are, the valuations aren't as high. A lot of entrepreneurs that would have got deals three years ago are not getting deals right now. Yeah. 
So fucking hopefully guys like us. If you think of a good style of content, but it's easy to replicate, yeah. your days are already numbered. Yeah. You know, because Agreed. you're just there's only a matter of time before somebody better looking or somebody more charismatic mm -hmm. or whatever Black. comes in and sort of pulls it off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, maybe trans. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that's the crazy thing is Kevin Samuels passed away tragically last year, and then you know there's there it kind of created this like vortex where there's like a lot of different people who want to see that style of content yeah. analyzing yeah, yeah. dating and women and everything and yeah. like there's I almost like a rush to like grab his audience i yeah. saw one of the videos where one of the guys i can't remember which i don't think it was fresh and fit but they were someone was like uh, talking to the girls and it was like they did they were wanted to argue but the girls weren't really arguing so they're like oh what do you guys see yourself on a one to ten and they're like i don't know and he was like well you should answer and the guys the girl's like seven and he was like you're not. <laughs> and then he's like, just trying to find something to argue about. Yeah. He's like, uh, you're probably five. But is it, what does it say about our world that that is so delicious? You're probably a, a five. We just cannot a look away. About it. A guy telling a girl, like, poking holes in her yeah, ego yeah. is just like the most irresistible thing to people on Twitter. Oh, yeah. It's fucked. So funny. Yeah. Well, a lot of guys have. <laughs> been rejected and had their heart stomped all over uh -huh. by some chicks and they're just fucking like Mikey over there. Mikey, you jerk off to videos of girls getting assessed two digits on the one through ten scale lower than they actually are, right? You're probably like average. I don't think you're a seven. <laughs> a seven's a C. That's like uh let me see your like stomach. Great. <laughs> but picture that guy in real life. <laughs> picture you picture you're at the bar, you're at a house your party or something, bad. and you just like overhear a dude telling a couple of girls that like, yeah, you're not as hot as you think you are. It's oh, kind of crazy. Be, yeah. That's pickup artist. And really yeah. you should probably just settle down and have a child or something because this whole slut life it's not for you or it'd, anyone. It'd be unbelievable. Well, it's just it's so I out of the it. ordinary because guys all we see is guys <laughs> sucking up the chicks to get laid. It's why Trump got a he was like, you are special interest. You are you are paid for, Jeb Bush. All these people are your supporters. That's why they're booing me. It's like, wow, this guy's saying shit I haven't heard on the street ever. Right. That's like fucking do you why? Think, do you guys think the next iteration of that? I'm sure that you're uh, you're always pretty tapped into like what's next in terms of interviewing probably. Mm. But like, I, do you feel like because the dating kind of space is so like saturated, do you think that there will be sort of a actual movement of like places that are like how to have a relationship now? Because I feel like yeah. there is the like, even in comedy, it kind of goes through waves where there's like getting pussy comedy. And then there's kind of like dudes <laughs> talking about like what it's like to be in the relationship. Getting and, pussy you know, comedy. A little bit. You know road what I mean? Road pussy comedy. Yeah, road. That's going like, to be my angle. But like young fucking, you know, what it's like fucking chicks comedy or whatever. But I just don't know don't, if that's really going to get views if you actually entered into the dating content space and we're coming at it from more of like a holistic perspective and trying to really teach guys how to like actually become like a fully functioning human being. To I don't be know honest, if Jordan I, I, operate, is. I operate like way more in that space of like, this is like, even just when I'm talking about stuff like, uh, you know, it's more about like, if your chick's doing this, this is how, but it's not like, here's how to just get unlimited pussy. Cause I feel like That's my most, space. well, but like most like dudes, like to so, at some point kind of figure that part out and it might take unlimited like- Unlimited pussy? I don't know. I think you're, you're, you're expecting too much of them. No, not unlimited, but like, okay. I would say this, like most- like uh, young people probably need some like shock that tells them how to like interface with girls or whatever, mm, right? Yeah. But no matter how you slice it, the majority of men past 28, most of your time, you're kind of like 
dating some chick. Mm. You, most of your time is like, unless you're like an anomaly, most of your time you're like, most of your nights are, you know, I'm watching TV with some girl. But yeah. I think a big, Whoever yeah. that might a big be, right? chunk of the audience who are really enchanted by this content is people who are 28. They got a good job. Maybe they're, they stay in the gym a little bit. They're making efforts to be a fully formed human being. And then yeah. they're still not getting pussy and they're pretty fucking miserable about it. I think that that is I'm far sure that's more common. Of it. We take it for granted. We're all tall in relatively good shape, relatively good looking. Yeah. If, thank we you. Pussy, the three of us. I, I feel like, you know, like, and that is part of why our view on like how to get girls or like how to date or whatever, probably I feel people watch Fresh and Fit and they're like, oh, these guys are getting pussy. They're not like necessarily the dudes who would imagine just getting pussy off rip. They actually like figured it out. Okay, but this is uh, so you are, uh, you sort of answered with something else. You answered with like why that's attractive, which I actually agree with right? right but the same way that like pickup artist stuff 15 years ago was like crazy attractive and then why did that end it's sort of like i wasn't saying that uh that isn't true mm. and that guy doesn't exist and on top of that the like 22 year old guy that isn't even you know i, I would feel like every uh successful person even has like some shock moments you know i think that when i was growing up like 48 laws of power was a big thing that like changed the way people read the game people read i feel like tim ferris was a big like way that just like changed the way that i just like mm -hmm. interface with the world Same. so i think a lot yep. of 22 year olds people like them are just changing the way that they even interface with girls mm. which was like necessary be like oh they're not on this pedestal it's not there's just some chick like and all of that's probably useful but for that guy then what? You know what I mean? And what? What? Look, what's the next iteration of that? Like, okay, now you've been dating some chick for six months. Now she's nagging you. Now your life's not like the Punch getting her. pussy advice isn't really that relevant there. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's two very different skill sets, and because and the one and the one is talked about less, and it's all almost more relevant to more people. That's all I was saying. I, I think that I would recommend to anyone if you're just a twenty-five year old guy out there, a thirty-year-old guy, you want to be in a relationship. You want to be building something with somebody long term. But oh, the reality right is, here. you yeah. <laughs> but but we you can't Just get there the heart. you can't get there without fucking a lot of people and like figuring out what you're into and what you're not into like to me it's like the, the idea that you're just gonna like meet somebody early on in your life when you're 19 20 and get into a relationship with them and it's gonna work out in the long run you're like the one percent <laughs> mm -hmm. of relationship havers if that mm -hmm. actually happens to you i feel like i can only have an intelligent perspective on what i want out of a long-term relationship because i've been in so many shitty relationships and been out for drinks with so many girls that basically like let me know like oh i don't like girls like this so I'm I agree with you, but can I maybe go the opposite way where that and I'm I think I'm more like that as well. Yeah. But that is it possible that that's like your personality the same way? So a lot of times, um, okay. So a lot of people say like building a business or whatever. Like, is it better to be single or is it better to be a girlfriend or right? Mm -hmm. Like, the, in my opinion, the real truth is like, what stage are you at in that business? Yeah. If you're at a stage where it involves like meeting people and networking, you know, I might have to move like being mobile you're better off being single right mm -hmm. but if you're in a thing where like routine's going to benefit you like you got you're running this business here it's like i want to be here at this time you're probably better off in a relationship right yeah so also maybe the same side of that is the way your personality is like you might be a personality that really would be bothered by like oh, there might be some other way that i should be doing this better you, you want to hear a good one i was talking to some porn stars the other day <laughs> yeah, which I realize it's like a unique uh, experience or whatever. Ariel but I feel like I have to cock out that. in the room over. Okay, there's a tw the chick is 22 uh -huh. and the guy is 47, and they're on a porn shoot together. He's banging her, whatever. They start hitting it off, you know, personality wise. They're they're feeling each other. 
they go home that night and continue to hang out, and they've been inseparable since. They they started dating as soon as they met, and mm-hmm. then a year later they get married, and they've just been inseparable ever since. And when I heard that, I'm like, that's amazing that this has been. They've only been together for like two and a half years or something. But I was amazed by that. But also, <laughs> I was like. I feel like that guy, and shout out to him, but I felt like he's taking too much of a risk at that point in his life mm-hmm. by just immediately getting into the relationship. If it were me, I would have felt like I needed at least six months to a year of dating you, not living together, yeah. before I could consider the idea of living together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm know. sure this guy's a psycho, and there's a good chance <laughs> that the girl's a psycho. They <laughs> both seem pretty fucking like well-adjusted. What percentage of people like in that kind of industry are like a little bit like off the hinges? Uh, he's got to be careful what he says here. Okay, I don't know. Uh, do, uh, can say. I say fifty percent's not crazy? I can, I can say that. Yes. Okay. So let's say we say fifty percent. Let's address this to me. Mad, he doesn't want to alienate anybody in the industry. Conservative. Okay. So my one thoughts of the on it are them. so complicated that I don't know exactly. The, the what girl to say. getting uh, ass to mouth pink socked likely. <laughs> Is a and little bit way, un- unhinged. That's my culture. How dare you? I'm fine with you know a lot of these things come to like what type of dude you are. Like I'm actually fine with like dating a pretty like kind of wild chick. You know what mm. I mean? So when most people might not. Be, yeah, you know? but me too. I would have said that years ago. But then once it starts to become a real liability for you in your life, like I used to love the crazy ass drunk chick that wants to come over mm-hmm. and just be slutty with you or whatever. And now my mind is completely honed to like no. Don't trust her. Don't even think about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. What, are, what are you saying, Ryan? Sense. When you say a crazy chick, because that that's a party chick you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's a different <laughs> party thing, chick. Yeah. Okay. And then are and you you're talking about party chick in her party phase. I'm more yeah. saying like high body count. I don't know. It doesn't have to even be that, but just like alternative lifestyles, probably like, you know, it doesn't have BDSM. to be Un- unshaved pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Armpit hair, <laughs> smelly asshole. Ran away from home. Uh, let's say Banksy sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Banksy uh, sleeve. Organic tampon. Tattoo of Adams come on her back. There was oh, a time wow. period in my life where, like, most of the girls I was kicking with had a Banksy tattoo. Wow. Banksy yeah, that's tattoos. that's something I've never Banksy seen. Banksy tattoo so funny because, like, you could easily find out you're like that wasn't even Banksy. <laughs> that was a Banksy. That was just like a <laughs> it was some tattoo artist. He did that. <laughs> <laughs> some tattoo artist told you, yeah, this is a Banksy. Like, what is it? Like you. Can't see me on the oh roof. Oh my god, that would be so funny to get one and then realize it was a fake. Just, just some dude cooking around LA with a well, spray paint can. That, that's a thing, right? Because people misattribute random graffiti art to Banksy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah is yeah, that yeah, the yeah, essence yeah. of the joke yeah, you're making? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I didn't know enough about Banksy. I'm not street enough. But yeah, Banksy does all the street art. But like, there's just any time it'd be like, okay, some you know girl holding a balloon on the thing, and everyone's like, that's Banksy. And yeah, like, yeah, or it wasn't. I don't but know. I do feel like the Banksy like documentary. If you were to watch that, it's like it's such an unbelievable unbelievably important important part of like understanding our culture that i would throw that have you seen kids no but i seen that movie you gotta with watch kids what's that eminem lyric come on oh my bad you yeah. ain't seen that movie kids him. no but i seen the porno with slam dobius oh, i right. thought you would come on you're very hip-hop i'm very impressed but i made him watch <laughs> kids and i was like even though it came a little late i was like this is such a fucking important movie like you have to get into this yeah it was a cool movie yeah. the title sounds kind of gross in retrospect uh, yeah no, that movie kicks ass I, I mean it was all right i don't see how it was important quote unquote because but- <laughs> Yeah, important. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, to cinema, I'll tell you why it was important to cinema more than culture. But sure. I think there's an argument to be made for both. But the reason for like films, because it was like the most raw shit that ever, like the way that like just the most like rawest fucking high school kids that has never been really portrayed that way in cinema. That was the first time. It, like it just was, skateboard culture, yeah. like how it actually was. Yeah. And what, what was the guy's name that made it? Uh, 
Harmony Corinne. Harmony Corinne. He just kind of made weird ass shit. Yeah. Gummo and stuff. He yeah, made the weirdest yeah. shit. And this was just like the, in my opinion, the best way to describe it was like the rawest ass movie. Yeah. It was like the Velvet Underground for movies. And or for like punk for movies. For me, and a sure. large percentage of people who I feel like were growing up around that time, that movie represented That's like us. the desire to go to New York and be a piece of shit. Yeah. And that was like, for me, I wanted <laughs> it so bad when I saw that movie. It was like everything that I thought was cool. It's, ro- it's so romantic, the idea of like, I could just be a heroin guy. Wait, <laughs> so you, got, you didn't pick up on the cautionary tale elements of that whole thing? As a child, there's no. so Damn. many. No. There were so many movies I think back to where I was like, "Man, I wish that guy I could have been him." And they were like, "They're like, yeah, that was a don't be like him movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't get AIDS and rape a chick at dawn." <laughs> Even like even stupid ones like Wayne's World. I was like, oh, "I wish I could." No, be but it's so easy for me to take that ending scenario and be like, "Okay, I'm not gonna get AIDS," but the rest of it was pretty fucking cool. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like all these skinhead kids are super influenced by American History X. All you got to yeah. do is not watch the last like 15 yeah. minutes of it, and it's gonna yeah, seem yeah, like. Yeah. Kind of like cool, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. The, f- the first half of American history. Yeah. yeah, the first half will get you real into it. Then you just kind of, you know, you, who pays attention to the end of the movie? And it's crazy that that's a fucking thing. Like in my high school, there were kids who that's exactly what they did. Like they just, they tuned out before the redemptive arc happened. Yeah, really? You, had, you, you like, get some bad ideas. You go, we can be black into basketball. <laughs> but you had racist skinheads at your high school? I, yes. What? We yes. had one. I, th- skinheads. Racist skinheads? So, his, his live journal name was Zyklon B. Which I did not okay. know what that was, and then I went and looked Whoa. it up. Yeah, That's I was uh, like, holy shit. And he's having him on the podcast he was this si- week. He, <laughs> <laughs> he was 15. And that was his fucking username on that on this uh, on live journal. You know, that's uh, knowing the chemical that they dropped out of the showers in Auschwitz. I'm impressed. A kid that ignorant. Is there a porn star called Zyklon D? <laughs> <laughs> Zyklon D, dude. Zyklon D. I will find her. Dude, Dear a, skin, God. a skinhead porn star <laughs> will have the uh, the fan. I don't know, maybe subscribe star. He could probably make a killing on subscribe star if he goes by Zyklon fucking D. Uh, a, a subscribe star is the canceled Patreon. Is it okay? I was wondering. Yeah. Um, I I forgot what we were getting into. Yes, my high you school. You got a racist guy. I, I, so I, <laughs> it's on the outskirts of Sacramento, very very rural, and there was this truck culture. This this dirt bike Lot culture lizards, loud and clear. just just breeds fucking skinheads and it's just like a fucking cesspool of incest and hate for the Jews and blacks. But there was a local gang in our high school culture. called the Confederates. They called themselves the fucking Confederates. Wow. And one of them yelled the N word at a black kid in front of Orangevale Park while driving by after school. The black kid looks at the truck, sees it's leaving Casa Roble Fundamental High School, walks right into the office, tells the administrators what happened. They give him a yearbook. He fingers through the yearbook, finds the kid, and the kid is expelled. Wow. Awesome, dude. Just immediate justice. And then Efficient. That, that guy did 10 years for kidnapping, I think, like shortly after that. Really? <laughs> yeah, the white supremacists did. Holy shit. So well, that's, there's, there's that's another a, you don't cautionary have a lot tale. of job options. You think some of the people at home kind of spaced out on the whole the way that his life ended there, and they just heard the beginning, and they were like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's, I'm gonna that's get that's radicalized glamorous. too." Well, I can I can stay home with my mom and watch MTV all day. That's fucking sweet. <laughs> but then Holy he did shit. ten years for kidnapping people. It wasn't just expulsion. It wasn't just strawberries and rainbows. Dear God, I've heard a few like, and this is a part of not like being from here, but I've heard a few people talk about how like, oh, there's like a racist guy at my school and this and that, and I'm like. My school was like whatever, half ethnic or whatever, and it'd be like it was more like how it is now in like around Toronto, like at least the suburbs, like where I'm from, like 
it would be insane to like if you draw Ben Burm, it would be like doing that now. Like it was yeah. just so out of the realm of. Mm -hmm. And black kids were sort of like the cool kids too. It just wasn't the idea of like being a racist would be like a, such a death wish at like where I'm yeah. from. Yeah, that's I hear people talk about them being skinheads out here and stuff, but it does kind of make me wonder like where they have to sort of like confine themselves to because it feels like so many You couldn't pull that off in New York. So many social environments you are literally going to get punched in the fucking face yeah. as soon as you walk into a bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was training You'd be in the sticks, I guess. I, I was training jujitsu at a gym in Vegas and one of the kids on the mat, there were like six people hanging out stretching after the roll and he just kept saying f in a hateful context or like in a clearly not relevant to sexual here's what the example he's like he's like <laughs> yeah i competed against this guy over at naga and the ref was a total fucking and i swept the guy to side control and i didn't get my three points and i was like hey, f i'm on top of the guy i passed the guard quit being a f and i was just like this is going on this is uh, fucking you are making a scene socially right yes. now super awkward because i remember you when we were filming something one time your filmer just said like ah f like super fucking loud and i just immediately like, <laughs> Who, was like which filmer <laughs> danny <laughs> danny gives him a raise <laughs> goes, welcome to the team <laughs> your tryout is complete you passed uh, Wait, was this nico <laughs> I, he must have gotten like stung by a wasp because no filmer that i have would just have i'm no snitch, like yeah, i'm no yeah. snitch mine mine neither yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> ryan just knuckle pounded me uh, i uh i dude like i can't my filmer would never just start saying maybe that. i'm misremembering it i think so well, let okay. me ask you a question was anyone there being a <laughs> yeah, yes. a second thought. Yeah, Quite yeah, a few. Yeah, Quite that a few. seems like a fair assessment. Was yeah. that uh, down the street in Bur Was that when I met Real Sky Bree, non-famous Real Sky Bree, for the first time? Oh, really? Yeah, that was. It's so interesting when you meet Imagine people. You had been single then. Oh, it, it's crazy because like I met Real Sky Bree, who's now like one of the biggest things in porn. Like maybe a month before she blew up, I you and I were filming with Nelk a year before they were the biggest thing on the fucking internet. It's so mm. crazy to see people like before they have that aura. Mm. But I definitely hit with Nelk and when they were driving around in like a, a Mitsubishi fucking three dudes deep driving to go film something and like losing the SD card. I feel like when I filmed with them for the first time, they might have already had a million subscribers. Like they were already they were doing cooking. pretty fucking good. Yeah, but like a million, but the money wasn't there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they were still wearing clothes with spaghetti stains on them. And like <laughs> their their haircuts were super cuts. But and, in this day and age, it's kind of like tough to find somebody early on because there's so many people out there trying to catch the next wave. Because I remember by the time I met Nelk, FaZe was already all up in their shit and yeah. offering them to let them stay at the house. You guys should join FaZe, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, then, and even then, like these, these young content creators, Creators, they know so much that they mm -hmm. could have the biggest rapper trying to sign him or the biggest with one collective message, yeah. and they still from the get-go are not going to just jump out the window and be like oh let me sign this contract because this rapper thinks i'm is acting like i'm cool they've heard yeah. too many cautionary tales from yeah. their peers i think yeah that's uh i got when i first when i got like fifty thousand subscribers on youtube some guy called me up and he's like hey i'll give you uh you know money for hotels and for gasoline and uh you know, I just I own twenty percent of your content for life. Oh my god, that's amazing! This guy, I'll give you the money. That's the place to stay. What was it like, like a dollar oh. amount? No, Danny goes. You like my content? He goes. You make content? I'm just. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but what, was it a thing of like, oh, well, I'll give you 20 grand and you just give me 20% of everything you make for the rest of your life? He didn't say. He wasn't throwing around dollar figures. He kept using the word Rolodex. Uh, He's like, you got you got access to my Rolodex. Uh-huh. I know Vitali. <laughs> I know uh, FouseyTube. Like, you got my Rolodex, dude. My Rolodex. Oh, my w- Which gosh. is such like a nebulous you thing. You probably call those guys. He goes, is this this fucking Rolodex again? Can we get me off this Rolodex? <laughs> How do I get off this Rolodex? How do I unsubscribe from your Rolodex <laughs> Sketchy agent guy. Holy shit. <laughs> do you, do you, Danny, do you ever uh, buy any fancy stuff since you've had some money? I haven't bought one fancy thing. Like the yeah. most fancy shit I bought was furniture. I made my, my room. Sucks. I made my room not to complete fucking embarrassment. <laughs> I went on Wayfair.com. Now, now that you're like single, because that's the only time I could see like using money for like something personal really mm. is like chicks related. As soon as you get in a relationship, you have to start working on becoming a worse version of yourself. because She's already <laughs> hooked in, right? <laughs> I you, mean, have to, you have to pretend you don't. You have to pretend you're a lot broker than you are. So you go, mm. you go, like things are going. Oh, so just crap. start hiding your money from her right away. I like that. Yeah. Well, this is. I mean, I didn't do that. I didn't like lie about my finances so my chick wouldn't ask me for a weekend vacation in Mexico. It's probably but, exaggerating and inflating his his finances. You are. Uh, well, one thing that I have to do now. I'm not sure which way my finances are going, but like when I had a girlfriend. My Sable, my 2008 Mercury Sable that's filled up to the window roll button with garbage. (laughs) That is now a liability that I'm on the market. It is funny, like the more increase because you're like a public figure and then you're single. So you're going to be talking about chicks and just like the more like wildly that you live, the more like embarrassing it is because it is people being like, Jesus, Danny Mullen's not doing good. Like it kind of gives them this vibe. but It's like hilarious at the same time. Yeah. Like it, then, it, then there become a point where you're like, then it becomes Adam Sandler. Like there's a, there's a point where you become so rich that there's, there's no question that this guy has money. So he yeah. just rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to to do that, and I I get now. I, I <laughs> more I, money. I feel the pressure that makes so many people become broke. Like I feel the pressure now to get a good car. So when I go on a first date with a chick, it's not even that she will definitely like me more because I have a nice car. It's just in my head, I will feel less embarrassed getting out of the car in the parking lot of Olive Garden. You don't even need to have a good car. You can just lie about having a good car. That's one part of the dating market you forget. <laughs> oh, thank you, Ryan. I think Tell Dan- me more about this. <laughs> I think Danny's forgetting. He's like, you know, and then I got to have like a house in Tulum. It's like, or you just tell them. <laughs> but, I mean, New York is great because... <laughs> Tulum, how are they going to find in out? In New York, dude? nobody has a fucking car. So there's yeah. very little of this like car judging thing. You don't have a car, right? You, can't, you cannot have a car. Which you have possible. to be rich as fuck to even store the car. Yeah. Even then, though, you can't store it like well, at your house. Because he lives in yeah, I know. Yeah. If you live in Brooklyn or Queens, maybe okay. you could have a car, but yeah, you're yeah, still yeah. going to be having to play this game of moving your fucking car every night. I have two places in Manhattan, like two leases in Manhattan, and neither of them like have anywhere near there to put a car. Oh hell, no. one's your main pad, one's the pussy pad. No, one's the podcast <laughs> studio, fine. right? But it's like yeah, yeah. it's okay. like a regular apartment, right? Yeah, it's one, a studio apartment. One is a studio right by NYU that he he, he whisks <laughs> shady drunk you know college freshmen up to. Dude, my suitcase that was like a cheap suitcase broke, uh, and I've been just walking around with like a suitcase with the the stick that won't go up, and then the handles hanging off. Right. And my chick is like, "You're way too like." doing good this is crazy mm. and it like honestly kind of makes me laugh though right just like tooling around
on and like I remember like legitimately like people come up the airport and be like yo can I get a picture and you're like you're my luggage is falling off. like it's <laughs> honestly like it makes me like laugh that's the best is when someone asks you to take a photo and you're like dying sick <laughs> yeah, all that, that is a stuff. terrible feeling you're like walk I've been walking oh into the God. fucking walk-in clinic with like a terrible cough and I'm feeling like shit and somebody asked you for a STD. photo and I'm wearing like a like uh -huh. like a, a sweatsuit like I, I, I'm just like bro okay Buddy. but like this is disgusting I have so this happens to me too much. So I know that I'm doing too much because my brain is like falling apart. So this is I've done this three times in the last month, but I did it on my way here from Vegas. And I went to eat somewhere at the airport, a big airport, uh -huh. and I went to the wrong place, first of all. So now I'm tooling around. I went to eat somewhere, then I went somewhere else, charged my phone, went to get on the plane and realized I had my backpack, but I don't know where my luggage is. Oh, oh and then God. I'm like, there so Were you I'm, on the plane? No, they started calling numbers okay. though. So I'm looking around and I'm like, so now I'm and then I run back to I run, first I run back to like pretty far to where they check your bags mm -hmm. and then I was like there and they're, they're like, I'll check the lost and found so I'm running and then I run to this last restaurant and then it wasn't there and as I'm doing that someone's like yo can I get a photo blah blah and yeah. I was just like uh, okay and then he's like oh my phone's not working I go I'm sorry I just gotta go and then I just ran away yeah. the root so, of as far as that guy's concerned I'm a psychopath the yeah. rudest I've ever been to a fan was probably like my daughter just shit her fucking diaper she's like <laughs> one years old and I'm like dashing across the street to like rush her to change the diaper and rush her home and a fucking fan is asking for a photo and I'm like no bro and he's like what and I'm like can't just shit her pants man like fucking I'm like you gotta understand this right like yeah Did, no, but to be honest I feel, I feel like people like don't yeah they just think you're like an asshole. Yeah, the fucking they're on Reddit. The fucking dude who was on Rogan's a piece of shit. Yeah. Was there when you got to the bag, was there like I a German so. shepherd, like a bomb dog, like all over that fucking thing? That's all you hear is an airport. Like, be suspicious of unattended luggage. It was left at a charging station, like just walking, and it had been there for at this point an hour and fifteen minutes. Wow! So really lucked out. That's the good thing no. about having a piece of shit piece of luggage is nobody is <laughs> like, what could be valuable in this thing? And it would Nothing. just be cumbersome to leave. The like, what are you going to do? You already are in the airport, so you have a ticket. You're going somewhere, and you just found some luggage that you really want to steal. <laughs> How do you steal luggage? <laughs> like you have to account for the cost of the flight that you've already paid for. There if you were, because you, you could, you could easily take that shit and walk out and go get back in your car but unless it's worth a lot of fucking money this doesn't make any I sense I guess the right? laptop's worth more than the luggage that's why I used to ticket. always shoplift at the fucking airport I do a little bit of that stuff <laughs> <laughs> bag of trolleo piece rings no honestly sometimes they're just the line's too big that's why I've done and it and you're just like this and is gonna be just 45 doing minutes yeah. Yeah. Just you take a Diet Coke and then you sort of wait in line for a second and then you just wander away yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like all the rioting during 2020 <laughs> I feel like white middle class shoplifting it has like the the riots in 2020 and like the Kessa Bodine, the the Soros funded DAs, like we upper middle class people who would have never dreamed of stealing shit, we realize now that like oh there are literally no consequences for doing this. They could frisk me, they could find a pair of AirPods and an unregistered handgun in yeah. my pocket, and maybe I have to show up for court and they give me community service. Maybe no, but if you're gonna maybe. steal, what are the odds that there's a cop like a Adjacent to where you're stealing from. Very low. Almost none. When do you see yeah. cops? Like, you fucking, there's gonna be a security guard. He can't do shit to you as soon as and you walk out the door. And even then, you could just go, oh, 
Oh my God! I'm so, holy shit! Yes, I shoved eight packs of big razors into my waistline. I'm so sorry. Oh There's a pack of Snyder's hard pretzels up my asshole by mistake, Classic. officer. And that's why my favorite style of stealing, as a person who did a shitload of shoplifting as a young guy, is like I would go to the Plain Barnes and Noble, I would get like a magazine that I actually wanted to read, and then I would get like eight computer programming books that are like 150 dollars each, and I would sit down, I would read this copy of like you know Snowboarding Weekly or whatever the fuck it is. And and then I would take those books under my arm after having looked through them and removed the metal tag. And then I walk out, not eight, eight is ridiculous, but you know, you can have two yeah. or three, no problem. And nobody's going to really stop to think of, of, of checking you unless they have like a specific security guard right at that yeah. exit. But for the most part, it looks like you're, you're handling yourself. There's never a moment where the guy watching the security camera would yeah. be able to say, Oh, he's stealing. Yeah. And, uh, but even fucking I now, like, it. like how many viral Twitter videos have we seen where a guy walks out with an armful of gear at CVS and the security just has to let him go? Yeah. Like you could steal eight books that are on computer programming at Barnes and Noble that have a high resale value. Like and, you can just walk the fuck out. And now. that's why there's so many times when I was watching this Gideon vlog and he's getting kicked out of the mall for spraying <laughs> the, the shit spray on people's wrists and everything like that. And as soon as the cops start talking to him in my mind, it's like, bro, get the fuck out of there. You yeah. do not want to be in this situation. They can yeah. beat your ass. They can arrest you. Right. 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 He just pushes and pushes mm -hmm. and pushes. He has this confidence that they're to, not yeah. going to do anything. Yeah. And he's right from what yeah. I can tell. Like they just, they, they act so tough. And I'm so used to taking that serious because I just want to get out of the situation. Mm -hmm. But he's there to make contact. It's it, or to make content. It's on him he has to the, stretch this out as long as he possible. He has the Pause. quality that all the best guys have too, which is like, you know, from like Tom Green to whoever, like everyone that's really good at this is really good at like, they're smart, but they seem stupid and innocent. Mm -hmm. So that's what Gideon has too. Like he's very like he seems like very innocent, yeah. and he seems like very like sweet. Yeah. So you can get away with a lot if mm -hmm. you're that, and then also a little shit disturber on top of it. He had one. <laughs> where, you remember Tyrell, who was on this podcast? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Tyrell. He there was a Gideon video where Tyrell's. Uh, fiance was out in public in Beverly Hills with a couple of models doing a photo shoot for their store slash clothing line, right? And Gideon approaches them and just starts fucking with them. He has no idea who they are. And at one point, she had just had a baby. He said something to her that basically was him. I think he said, "You're a you're a big body." Was that it? Yeah. A wide, something like that. Hidden camera or is the camera up in the their camera's face? right there. Either mm. way, it's just like the kind of thing mm. that if you told me like, oh, this, this YouTuber called my girl fat for content. It sounds like something that you like are going to want to beat his ass for. Right. Mm. But Gideon like pulled it off. Yeah. He pulled it off. Cause he's like actually charming enough that it yeah. was, it was kind of hard to really fully your be mad at Your face is saying him. a different thing than your words. A lot of times. Just how do you yeah. get mad at Gideon? Like he's just yeah. too he's too pleasant. Like <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, he's I, got a soft side. I don't know if you had any of these techniques, but one of the things early in the days that I got really good at was whenever the cops were coming, like I used to be able to take memory cards out of the camera and replace it with another memory really card smart. and then slip it into my pocket. Wow. And then we would let the cops uh delete our card. But would the cops they do they don't do that anymore. The cops won't try to confiscate this is, any of I mean, this property. Is a fuck. Eighteen years ago, yeah, wow, yeah, really. But that was a consistent thing. They would try to do that. Yeah, well, this is. I mean, this is skateboarding trouble causing in Canada malls. I remember, and they would be like, "You need to delete this right now." I don't know what the legality of it was, but I was just so good at 
exchanging on even if we had two cameras i could exchange them like almost like a magician how they're good with cards I, like i was good at like you know yeah. change the memory cards it and then we delete the memory card in front of 2001 or 2002 i'm like 17 and i have my camera on a tripod and i'm filming myself doing bmx tricks on a local jersey barrier and a cop shows up and takes it upon himself to rewind the entire tape and watch like a half hour of footage from the beginning because this is right after 9 11 and so he sees a camera on a tripod and a guy yeah. just hanging out a parking lot and for for some reason this is enough information to be like oh potential terrorist and he he, fe- he literally watched the whole fucking tape sitting there looking into the come viewfinder. on was he making- this is fucking pathetic dude leave me alone, leave me alone. was yeah. he making positive he's like that error was really tweaked out nice Good stuff. That was. i Good just stuff. felt like he could have watched <laughs> he could have watched like a third of the tape and that would have been enough you yeah yeah that. you trying that grind it's- that's the real travesty yeah. right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. It's not like you're going to be doing like a nose pick grind and then uh, wiring up some C4 yeah, suddenly yeah, yeah. in the middle of the session. Usually the beginning, it's going to end how it begun. It'd be funny fact. if there was some dick on there, too, and he had to just go. Ah! Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that skate was, film magic. That's a good dude. prank. Pull the what, cock out. What would he have said? Uh, that's not. Fr- he'd be mad. He'd go, you're free to go. Right. Would he be pissed <laughs> off? But like, what are you really going to do if I have a video of my own cock? I mean, <laughs> he demanded like, to watch. I, I was in high school, but like, are you really going to? force this issue and tell me that like I'm not allowed to film my own penis in high school which I didn't it it depends on the sodomy laws (laughs) which I didn't by the way okay so for the record (laughs) it is 203 I think I have an interview or two so uh, we should probably wrap this up I'm I'm so thankful for Ron Long coming through is there anything we should know about you You want to do some promotion love you too the boys cast is uh, my podcast which is um, uh, every Friday at 12 but um, date wise, I'm doing a couple of shows at the Gramercy Theater in New York. So definitely come to that. Uh, I think I have Atlanta coming up. I have San Diego coming up and some other yeah. dates at RyanLongComedy.com. A new video comes out every Monday. But What well, other pods are you doing while you're in town, just in case they want to further explore? So me and Danny are going to do Corolla. Nice. Right? That's what we were saying. Side um, I'm doing uh, Jason Nash. Oh, I'm sick. filming with Content Machine guys. I was gonna do Andrew Santino, but um, they there was like a whole thing, so that got postponed. What they hate you? No, <laughs> <laughs> you get too much. I, I just don't know if it's my business to like say what his uh, fucking reason was. He couldn't do, but the uh, and then Annie Letterman uh, doing hers. Yeah, nice. but I'm only here for three days because I'm then I'm going back. I'm actually cooking back. Pretty hectic right now, dude. I, I I need to do a little less traveling. It is very hard. But yeah. Going back, I'm actually going to do something with Trevor Walsh right when I get back. Oh, nice. He's a good guy, man. I like Trevor Walsh. He's so funny. He I saw some points in my book. He, seen nice telling, he was saying to Whitney Cummings, like, oh, you fucked Brennan Shaw back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I'm going to watch that roast. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just seen that clip, yeah. and I was like, whoa, Trevor. Well, how, did, how did Shaw react? I don't think he was there. He was saying it to Whitney Cummings. Oh, okay. And then she goes, that was 10 years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just immediately had a fucking <laughs> thing to say on deck. Dude, yeah, Trevor Wallace, dude, I saw him at the comedy store, and I, like he's huge. And I like I met him once three years ago, and he was like, hey, Danny, what's up, man? And, like had a conversation with me. I was like, damn, you're great a fucking, guy. fucking nice guy. Yeah. yeah, super nice guy. No, New York's still cooking. I mean, Austin's obviously like the big, like where all the energy is in comedy right now. Do you right feel now. like that's changed that much with Rogan doing this? Of of course, but there is just you know it is what it is. It's like it's it depends on where you're at in your career and what you want, and you know that there's a, a huge energy. I'm going to go through uh, Austin, I think, um, in probably like three weeks. But like there is no matter how you slice it, it's kind of like Austin's also the new tech, but it's still San Francisco still does exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's still they most it's you know there's three or four like clubs in Austin. It's really popping, and if you're young, it's a scene. But there's also 47 comedy clubs in New York. Yeah. So it's you know what I mean? There's it's just a kind of legacy versus new conversation a little bit but there's there's a ton of energy going on there and it's like really fun and 
Uh, but I will say the one thing I will say that probably you can attest to is when you go there, everyone's always telling you how you got to move there. And when mm. something's really great, everyone's like, we're full. <laughs> <laughs> like wow, when it's that's interesting. When, you know, if a party's amazing, I'm not getting a text. <laughs> I've had podcasters when it's getting there, <laughs> but like I've had podcasters who like, you know, basically are doing the same thing I'm doing. And they're like, yeah, I'm thinking of moving to LA. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm just like, ah, what the fuck? Like, you really going to tell me like, you're, you're like, you're free full. to move wherever you want, but yeah. like, you can't expect me to act happy about this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> to recycle the same guest pool. Of people. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I would yeah. love to divide the views up on that guess four ways <laughs> instead of three yeah yeah so i guess there's still growth I, I guess it's still like a growth industry to use like tech terms or whatever but the energy is there it's like i don't know it really is like cool it just feels like everyone's pumped to be kind of part of this thing that's like you know happening and joe rogan like probably one of the most in the world that like loves comedy so the club's just like built just like that but yeah i'm not like, i mean i'm at the comedy cellar all the time it's still the coolest club in the world i mean all of it's cool to me i'm still feel i'm still feel like a fucking kid from canada just moved here and it's all kind of cool for me still, and, so. and so we discussed going to the comedy store on uh saturday night but then we didn't talk about it for like three four days danny hits me up at like 7 p.m and he's like hey you still down to go to the comedy store and i'm like oh my god bro like i i've been planning out my energy levels all day and i was really I expecting to not need any energy at 7 p.m. You forgot about it. Because I'm up at like 6 a.m. with the kid and then I immediately feel bad though because it's like this is what, exactly what I should be doing is engaging in like actual friendship stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Comedy yeah. friends. I when I it. saw him drive to San Diego to go to your show, I'm like, oh, that's like what friends do. They go out of their way to support yeah. each other and hang out. I haven't I haven't really like been that tapped in with that part of myself for a while. Yeah, but I that have was that a little more bit. than friendship. Him and I, though. Fucking green room. Like a gay thing. Fucking I, I actually do know exactly what you mean because like I I get the like utility of it also, not just for like work, but for like mental space. You know what I mean? Yeah. For everything. Like it does matter. But like I, the only way I could say it is for me, what I've been better at is like this can't always be a consistent thing, but it's like yeah, be like, okay, every month it's like, you know, oh, I'm going crazy for two days, like getting the boys together. We're doing this. Mm. And I kind of, you're in a position where you can kind of be the ringleader of that too, right? So you can kind of do it on your terms and be like, hey, we're going to do this thing. I want everyone to come. So that's what the My whole thing have. is I realized at a certain point I replaced like friendship and socializing with podcasting and making content. And I need to like <sighs> yeah. actually zero in on something that's closer to like actually having relationships with people that don't <laughs> entirely depend on what I'm doing on camera. That's you know? what comedy clubs are good for because. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, and that's what attracts me to it too. Is like, yeah. oh, it's a bunch of smart people actually like hanging out and having a good time. Which just, yeah, like a, when you came to the stand that night, like yeah. you, it was that. Right, as a thirty-nine-year-old, it's hard to get to that. Like when I, I've been thinking about like my friendships groups as I've been getting older and stuff, and it's like I've kind of like completely left behind my friends at multiple different intervals in my mm -hmm. life. Like when I went to doing from the BMX shit to the no jumper shit. All those relationships just kind of faded into the background. Probably for the better, the BMX guys. Well, it's, a lot it's of almost inevitable. Like, other, otherwise, you would just be this like LA party guy as opposed to a guy who grew a business. I had people in Long Beach that I used to see at the bar that, if I think about it, if I were to get married at that time, they probably would have been coming to the wedding. But mm -hmm. then I, instead, I moved to like downtown LA and I never saw them again, mm -hmm. which is it is weird. shitty, but it's also kind of expected. Right? I just saw, I, I, well, I just went to. Boston and my friend who's now a university professor, me and him just went up and got like trashed after my show mm. and it was like the best. Right. Yeah, it was very like, yo, there's just my boy from like home who's like a professor now. You watching White Lotus season two? Uh, <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that one. I saw I'm only one two live. episodes in, but it's basically like 
two friends, two guys from who are friends in college, and now they're completely different, but they've gone on vacation with their girls together. And I'm kind of oh, like, I saw that first episode, of right? That, yeah. I'm kind of like, oh, like this is them like trying to hold on to their friendship. This is something I could have been doing throughout my life is like trying to maintain connection with people from past parts uh-huh. of my life. I don't know about going on vacation with them. That's a lot. Yeah, but. yeah. It's, let's start with the night of the comedy. You club. don't even need four either. <laughs> to me, I would love a vacation where it'd be like twenty people and their chicks, like. I'm always like, that's what I want. It was like, yo, can, how can you get everyone together? Like, I, I respect, like, you know, like Eric Andre always does. He's like parties. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm uh, in Toronto. I was a little more positioned to be like the guy that I'm getting everyone together. Like, even if I came to LA and I was like, if I message you and you and like whatever, 10 other versions of that, I might get, a lo- I'll probably mostly get like, yeah, man, I'll try to make it. I'm just not in that, right. I'll you know talk what I mean? People, I'm not that much of a centerpiece in mm, fucking America right now. I'll talk to people and realize are that they're still <laughs> tapped in with their fucking friend group from high school. Yeah. And I'm just like, I bro, I left home at 19. Like I just fucking didn't. You don't, not five guys. It's just one guy. Just one dude that you're friends with? Yeah, I, mean, I have like a couple friends, but I, I one know, guy from music, one guy from high school. Really, I know dudes who are like they're still in the same group chat, but granted, like on average, they're younger than me. Group too. chat's it's, the best place to yeah, do it. Yeah, because you can maintain something like a friendship in there, but you also have to go out of your way for it. I feel like if you don't ever like talk to the people individually, they're not really your friends anymore. Mm-hmm. I honestly, my Toronto comics like group chats is mostly how we're still friends. Yeah, and like I do feel like if I ran into them, it's not that I haven't seen them in a while because of these group chats. Mm. Group chats kick ass until they don't yeah that's, I, the, that's the moral of this podcast i fucking hate group chat <laughs> i added him to a group chat i don't think he said a single word i dude i haven't i i just don't get him because like you see i'm only on my phone like it. three times a day and i just get an out of con like ha 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 that motherfucker's whack <laughs> and then it's like dude, this legitimately how i can't I, believe it I, like, I have a group chat with all my toronto friends i have a group chat with a bunch of new york comics and then i have a group chat with all my like like rich Silicon Valley dudes, and then I have a like Your a, sugar daddies. But that's like kind of, and literally, it's like all uh, something will happen, and I'll be like, okay, Silicon Bank's going on, and I'm like, oh, Balaji's tweeting that fucking banks. I have like six like almost like billionaire dudes in this one group chat, and I'll literally be like, but they like be they think people I'm cool because I'm a comedian or whatever, and then you like message them like, hey, what's actually going on with this? And they go, I think what's happening is he's doing this because of this. I actually have like. I get information from these like different group chats even. Yeah, wow. they, just, they just require such a high level of maintenance. You, to stay engaged in a group chat conversation. No, you ha ha it every now and then. And then once every couple weeks, if <laughs> you're like rat, sitting on a My plane, mother died. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Once every once in a while. <laughs> like just random once every- <laughs> I fucking my, my oh yeah, a, uh, Allison had a miscarriage. Ryan's just like trying to stay engaged. Ha! No, every once in a while you spend twenty minutes and uh, nah, you're in the right spot. You see the right thing that catches your eye. There, you see what this loser did, and you're like, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, that's what group chats are really for—is just to create low cows and laugh at people that you barely know. We have one guy. Yeah, <laughs> like I've had so many of those over the years. Like people that I would never mention on camera, but somehow your group chat is devoted to just talking about this one person that you think is kind of. Cringe that maybe has like 800 followers. You just you all know him, so it's the most interesting thing in the world. Shout out Bizzle. That was what Bizzle was for a long Bizzle's time. The man. And I, I love Bizzle now, but the, you know he, he was kind of that. That's exactly us for a while. what it is. All right, I got okay. I, I got to interview Lil Wap. Lil Wap, appreciate oh, you, yeah. okay, Ryan. Peace. Thank you so much, everybody. Check out the Boys Cast. Shout out to Danny Mongo. Check out his podcast. Check out his YouTube channel and more. We out. <laughs>